Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Yo, 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 what's going on? What's going on? Buffalo Fanatics in the house. Hope you guys are feeling well. It's your man, Raider Rev, right here. Yo, I am excited to be guys, to be with you guys, man. I can't, I can't, I can't tell you how much I enjoy this. Who is ready? Who in the building is ready? I hope you guys are ready for tonight, baby, because it is about to go down. Welcome, 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 welcome to another edition, another episode of Rated Rev. Brought to you by the Buffalo Fanatics Network. Do me this favor. Do me this favor, as everybody is hopping on right now and everybody's already in the live chat, smash that like button right real quick. Smash that like button like you ain't never smashed a like button in your life, baby, okay? This is going down tonight. And if you're watching YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to the channel, okay? If you are not connected to the Buffalo Phonetics Network, I don't know what you're doing. The season is right around the corner, Mafia. Fanatics, it's right around the corner. So, the Buffalo Fanatics, yo, we are going to be giving you guys all kinds of hot content throughout the regular season. You thought this offseason was good. You thought the preseason was good. You thought all of this was good. Wait until we pop off for the regular season. You want to make sure you're ready for that. Go ahead and, and, and subscribe to all of the channels. And, and, and tell you what, this is what else you can do. Go to supportbf.com. Supportbf.com. Evan, go ahead and put it in the the chat right there. Supportbf.com because that is where you can find us on every social media platform that we got, baby. And you want to make sure you follow us everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram is hot. YouTube, everything. Okay? But, uh, Wait, man, I, you know, I'm excited, man. I am excited. You guys know I'm re- yo, your boy Rev, your favorite Rev, and stays excited. I stay, I stay pumped up and revved up. My engines are revved up. Yo, it. Hey, somebody talked about yo. Somebody already mentioned LA. Hey, you call either Bills fan, either you're watching from LA or you're talking about the LA Rams game that is uh, right around the corner. I don't know. Either way, it's almost here, baby. It is almost here. Uh, yo, somebody said, yo, yo, Bills fan, yo, it's not the eighth yet. No, it's not the eighth yet, man. It's almost here, though. We're almost here, baby. We're almost here. Do me this favor. I want to know. I want to know where you guys are watching from. Call this the roll call. All right, this is the roll call. Wherever you are watching from, throw that up in the chat. And my man Evan back here in the green room, he's going to throw it up. I want to know where you guys are watching from. I want to know. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever. 
I don't care. Where, where are you watching Brady Bread tonight? I tell you right now, I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm. <laughs> I am coming at you live from El Paso, Texas. Texas in the house. Yo, Johnny plays. Where can I get a Rev Burger? Hey, if you want to make the trek all the way down here to Southwest Texas, baby, the borderland, you come on down here and I'll hook you up, man. I'll hook you up. Bills fan, 1970 from Maple Falls, Washington. Riser coming in from New York in the house. Ontario, Canada. What's up, Sean? Much love, much love. You guys keep it coming. Rochester from Ryan. You guys let me know, man. This is how we do it. Buffalo Mafia from Miami. There we go. South Buffalo. Oh, and, and, and nobody's yeah, hey, I know it's I know it's Wednesday. It's hump day, right? It's hump day, hump night. We're getting over the hump. We are we were almost getting there, baby. Almost getting there. Alpha from Jersey. Joe uh, from, from Rochester, Denver in the house. Get you something to drink, man. Join your man Reb, okay? Join your man Reb. Yo, I I I'm here, yo. This is this is no pull up, but I, I love this. Stella, do me this favor, grab you something to drink, and uh, we are gonna enjoy the show tonight. Kobe Wong can be all the way from Toronto in the building. There we go, Richmond, VA in the house. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And while you know, the more and the more of you guys keep popping in here, smash that like while you're in here. Smash it on the way in, baby. Lakewood, Washington, in the house. I see it. Hey, go, Maurice Anderson. There we go, baby. I like it, I like it, I like it. Where else would you rather be, man? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm still at line from Steve Casper. But where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Greater Rev, Buffalo Fanatics Network. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Y'all, man, do y'all, do y'all think we won't win the Super Bowl this year? Do you think if we don't win the Super Bowl this year, are we a bust? All right. We can talk about that. We can. We can. We definitely can talk about that. But uh, yo, grace and peace to everybody who's joining me live right now. Much love to everybody here who was watching the chat live. Everybody who's here, you know. My, my, all right, my son wants to say what's up. Come on, mate. That's my baby. Hey, I'm a family man. I got three of them. But let's go, man. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it, man. Let's get it. Come on, y'all. Hey, I need y'all. I, I need you guys to rev it up for me. Rev it up for me. Charlie from Rochester. What's good? What's good? What's good? What's good, baby? Man, is it just me or... Man, when I hear that intro music, it just it just does something to me, man. I don't know. That, 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 I love this music. But it just does something to me. And, uh, yo, let's get it popping, baby. Let's get it popping. Tonight, we've got a loaded show tonight. In case you haven't already seen uh, the banner or, or the thumbnail, this is what we're going to talk about tonight. We are going to take a trip to the Wayback Machine. We ain't going to go too far back. But, uh, yo, we're going to talk about the offseason and rewind. So we're going to rewind all the way back to the beginning of the offseason. We're going to talk about this, man, because you know what? I know a lot of people are talking about a lot of the moves that's, that's been taking place preseason and all that kind of stuff ad nauseum. Nothing wrong with it. But I felt like as we are approaching the regular season, 
as we approach in the regular season, as we approach in the regular season, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to take this time right now to go and rewind and reverse and just go all the way back and take a look at what made this offseason, this Buffalo Bills offseason, one of the best, if not the best, Bills offseasons in recent memory. I know it, I know for me it has to be, it has to be the absolute best offseason for a lot of different reasons that we're going to discuss um, on tonight's show. And so, yo, as I mentioned, grab your beverage, get comfortable, kick your shoes off, relax, and let's take a trip, man. Let's let's go back, let's go back in time, man. And we're gonna uh because I think it's important, man. Because I, you know what? I don't wanna, I don't wanna um this is what I want to do. This because I, I think this season is gonna be so incredibly special, Mafia. Okay. This season is gonna be so incredibly special. And I think it's 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 best when we just savor every moment right you know what i'm saying savor every bite like you're like like if you're you want to take a bite into a a rev burger you know what i'm saying you don't want to just go all in there you know what i'm saying you want to you want to take your time right you want to you want to you want to save savor the meal pick it up smell it you know what i'm saying get 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 the let the aroma get all up in your nose man and all up in your pores smell and enjoy it and allow that that scent and that aroma just to resonate with you you know what i'm saying you want your palate to be wet you want you want to start you know you want your taste buds to get ready you know what i'm saying your mouth starts to get wet and ready for that bite that first bite you want to make sure your table is ready your spread is right you know what i'm saying get your drink ready everything is everything is in order right you don't want to eat this meal on the run you want to take your time with it you know what i'm saying and then as you pick up that burger, I, I don't know, maybe maybe you're a burger first get bite guy or gal, or maybe you like to like to like to dick, get into your fries. I like to kind of get get a bite of the fries first before they get cold. You know what I'm saying? And so you get your fries and then you know you dip it in whatever it is. Maybe it's maybe it's ketchup, maybe it's maybe it's blue cheese, maybe it's I don't know what it is, but you dip it in your little dipping sauce, man. You take a bite of that fry, right? You know what I'm saying? It just it's just it's just so good. And then that burger, that juicy burger is just sitting there just looking at you, just glowing. She just she just glowing, right? The cheese is just dripping nice and, oh, man, you know what I'm saying? And then you pick it up after you take a couple of fries, right? Maybe maybe you take a drink and you just take a little swig, a little swig, you know what I'm saying, like like this. Oh, did y'all hear that? Mm. Take a swig, get your palate ready, then you pick up that burger. My man Lou says, yo, I like, I like, I like my, my fries with some blue cheese. There you go, baby. And then you get it. I mean, you just look at it. You know what I'm saying? You just want to take a look at it. You just want to take a look at it. And then you just you just, you just analyze what you're about to get involved with, right? You know what I'm saying? You, you just analyze it. You're just like, man, yo, I'm about to tear this up. And then that first bite, here we go. And then you bring that burger close. And then you kind of squeeze it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And then you just kind of, mm, that first bite. And you just want to savor it. You want to savor it. That's what I want us to do with, that's what I want us to do tonight with this entire season as, as it approaches us. And it starts with the regular season. You know what I'm saying? Yo, it's, we, we have, I mean, it starts, with the, it starts with the off season. That's what I meant to say. We have to go back and, and 
and and and take a look at the offseason, right? Just just rewind. Just get that remote control and just hit rewind. I don't know if if you're a rewind type of person. Um, sometimes you miss details, right? Sometimes you, there's some things that you miss as you're watching the show live or you watch whatever it is. You maybe you're watching your TV show and you just miss some things. But man, when you hit that rewind button, you be like, oh wait, I, I, yo, I can't believe I missed that. Or it gives you a greater appreciation of what you're actually watching at the moment. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm a rewind guy. My, my family hates it, especially when we're watching a movie, because there's some things that I miss. I'll rewind it. I'll go back. I'll go back and I'll keep going back because I don't want to miss anything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> John, you stupid, baby. You stupid. <laughs> Y'all crazy, man. Y'all crazy. Hey, man. Hey, whatever, whatever. Hey, however you want to interpret that. You know what I'm saying? However you want to interpret that. Now nah, I ain't putting the recipe up on the big board. That ain't, that ain't do, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. But anyway, so I'm a rewind kind of guy. I like to rewind my movie so I don't miss anything. In the case I do miss it, I ain't got no shame. I'm gonna rewind it until I make sure I catch it. Right. And uh and, and I'm real, I'm real, I'm real visual, I'm real analytical and detail oriented. So I like to see the details and all that kind of stuff. And so when we're talking about the Buffalo Bills season, because I'm t- I guarantee you this, Mafia, I guarantee you this. This this season is gonna be fantastic. Okay, this is going to be a season for the record books. I feel it. Does anybody else feel it in their bones about, about just the, the, the greatness that's about to take place in this 2022 Buffalo Bills NFL season? If you guys feel like this season is about to be extraordinary, I want you to say, heck yeah, in the chat. You know what I'm saying? Heck, do whatever you want to say. Say it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I ain't going to cuss. You know what I'm saying? I don't curse. So. But, but to me, I just want to watch my language. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, because I got a son who be like, ooh, daddy, you said a curse word. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, if you feel like this season is going to be something special, drop a fire emoji in the chat or something. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel it, man. I feel it. I feel it deep in my bones. And as we approach that, I don't want. I don't want to dive in too quickly. <laughs> now, now I know. My, now I know what my man John was talking about. <laughs> now I know what you was talking about. Hey man, you know I ain't talking about that, but hey, it's the same. The same applies. You know what I'm saying? You so so you want to you want to you want to take your time and look, but boy, look what I'm about to get into right here. You know what I'm saying? And you just and you just looking at it like, yo, it's it, this season is gonna be great, right? And so before before you dive into the season, man, you just want to you want to you want to look at it closely. You know what I'm saying? You want to look at it closely, baby. Um, I got people in here, yo, ch- talking about yo, hey, Super Bowl. That's a that's a that's a real possibility, a high possibility, if you're asking me. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, there's a lot of hype that's going on with the Bills, right? Some warranted, some unwarranted, but nevertheless, there's a lot of hype. The flashlight is on is on, is on Buffalo Bills, man. It's on this team. And when's the last time it's actually been like that? When's the last time the flashlight has been that hot on your beloved Buffalo Bills? It's been a long time, right? So enjoy it. Embrace it. I know a lot of people may say, yo, man, but yo, I'm not, I liked it better when we were under the radar. I liked it better when we just, when nobody expected anything out of us. And we just kind of flew under the radar. You know what I'm saying? Look, I get it. Okay. I get it because um, we, 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 we've been, we, we haven't been like in the limelight. We haven't been good for a long time. You know what I'm saying? And so it's easy to say, you know what? Hey, let's just, let's just fly under the radar because what happens is 
since there's no expectations, then if was if if you if the season is 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 bad, then nobody really expected you to be good anyway. You know what I'm saying? And so, but that that's that. Well, no, we man, we, that that those times are over. That mentality right now is over. The Buffalo Bills are not just a good team. We are a great team. We're not just a team competing just to make it into the playoffs. Now, we are a team, a legitimate Super Bowl contending team that is expected to go the distance. That is the new era of Buffalo Bills football, ladies and gentlemen. And so embrace it. Don't, don't run away from it. Don't shy away from it. I know maybe a new norm for a lot of us, right? But we have to just embrace it fully. You know what I'm saying? Head first, baby. Head, dive in that thing head first. This is who we are. This is who we are. The spotlight is on us. The limelight is on us. Everybody, expectations are high. And we have to deliver. You know what I'm saying? The team has to deliver. But embrace it is what I want you to do. I want you to embrace it. I want you to embrace that thing, man. I want you to taste it. Taste what it's like to be a winning football team. To be a team that contends for championships. Isn't that what Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have been building all of this time? So since they've already casted a vision and they've already laid the bricks of the foundation and they're building the house, baby, that is the Bills Mafia house, you know what I'm saying? Why are we afraid of the, of, of the building now? We can't be afraid of what they've built. It is what it is, baby. Get comfortable. There's plenty of room in the Mafia house for all of Bills Mafia. You got a room, you got a room, you got a room. We all got rooms up in this month. You know what I'm saying? Get comfortable. Put your slippers on, your shanklas, you know what I'm saying? Whatever it is you got, get on your pajamas, your zubas, all that. Get your bills, throw rug, whatever, and walk around. Walk around in your drawers for all, 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 you know what I'm saying? Whatever's comfortable. Walk around butt naked. It's all good. You in the Bills Mafia house, baby. Get comfortable. There's plenty of room in this thing. That's what they built. And so enjoy it, right? Enjoy it. But I tell you what, this season is going to be great. We already know that. This season is going to be great. But in order for us to truly embrace it and truly appreciate what is ahead of us and what lies before us, what's on the horizon for this season, let's go back in time, okay? Let's press rewind and take a look at some of the things that made this offseason great. And even what, 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 what started a lot of the, the hype or what really just started the train moving in the direction of the Buffalo Bills being, being placed firmly in the top of the power rankings with expectations to get to the Super Bowl. And I know this is going to hurt a little bit. I know this is going to hurt a little bit. But we have to, we have to go back to where it started. The last time we saw the Buffalo Bills in real season action, it was the Bills against the Kansas City Chiefs. Bills versus KC. Y'all remember that? I know. I know. I know. It's a painful memory, right? It's a painful memory to have to rehash and relive. But you know what? Um, so many things are, 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 are gained when you're able to revisit the past. You know what I'm saying? And, and it doesn't, even though it may, it may hurt, the wounds are, 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 are healed. So you can always revisit it 
and look at it and, and, and embrace it for what it is and for what it was. It no longer holds you captive, right? You're no longer held bound by the past. So now you can look at it for what it was and appreciate it. Jerry Travis comes in and says, yo, exciting times, definitely. So when we take a look at the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round, you know what I'm saying? What a game that was. But you know what? I can even go further back. Let's just go a little bit further back, if you will. And before we got to that game, um, we can talk about something else, right? Because remember, uh, man, wasn't the regular season last year a bit shaky? Wasn't it a bit shaky? As we got, you know what I'm saying, kind of midways through the regular season, it was there were some shaky parts that took place, right? I mean, we had injuries. Um, we started the regular season really shaky. We're looking at like, yo, who is this team? This is not the Buffalo Bills that we knew back in 2020, right? That they, they stormed the league, right? And um, took the league by storm. Josh Allen, MVP caliber season, first year with Stephon Diggs, all the way to the AFC Championship game. And so we started off kind of shaky, a little rocky, right? Um, losing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, lo losing games that we shouldn't have lost, losing close games. It just wasn't, it just, it just didn't seem right. A lot of questions as the season progressed. Tom, greetings, man, all the way from Dubai, man. God bless you, brother. Appreciate you for from joining us. And so, I don't know about you, but I had some questions. People were wondering a whole lot of things like, yo, is this the Buffalo Bills uh, that, 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 that we remember? Um, some people were even questioning um, stuff like this, man. They were even questioning, yo, playoffs? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, are the playoffs even in the cards for the Bills? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm by myself. Maybe I'm by myself. But uh, I'm all right. I'm, I'm cool with riding, riding by myself. But you know what I'm saying? There was a point in the season where I was like, yo, I'm, I'm concerned. Right? Because remember, the Patriots leapfrogged us. And we're on a tear in the AFC East, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, they, they, I think they went on like a seven-game win streak. They were just winning. Craziness, right? And there was a point in the season where, like, I'm like, yo, are we even going to make the playoffs? Because these, this team is not looking right. Losing games we shouldn't lose. And now we're in the – now a team that was expected to win the division is now fighting, fighting to make it into the playoffs. There was a moment in time like that. I hope you guys remember that. And wasn't it kind of – wasn't it kind of odd – how the Bills found themselves in that type of position. It was, it was odd, man. I wasn't used to it. I was like, yo, man, this doesn't feel right. But Sean McDermott, the coaching staff, the Buffalo Bills, I think there was a turning point in a, in a football season, and I believe it was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you guys remember that game? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know we lost the game, but we were losing pretty badly um, up until halftime. And something all of a sudden, coming out of the, the first half, something snapped, something clicked. And the Buffalo Bills looked like a completely different team, right? We saw what happened. They clawed their way back into that game all the way. 
And unfortunately, we didn't have enough time on the clock because had we had there been more time on the clock, the Bills would have won that game. But as 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 painful maybe as that loss would have been was, I think it was a it, I think it was a turning point for the Buffalo Bills season because they were not the same team going on. That I mean, from that moment forward, they were a different team. It's like they had a wake up call, right? Um, and they and they were completely different. And at the end of the season, man, they get they they began to go on a tear on a tear. And so the Bills ran that wave all the way into the playoffs. My man Yardy comes in here with the super chat. Yardy, appreciate you, baby. He says, yo, who is a sleeper in this team to take us over the top, Brad? For me, it looks like rookie undrafted running back. Okay. Uh, we need an edge to get the prize. Agreed? No doubt. No doubt. Um, I'm going to talk about that here shortly, so uh, I want to save that super chat. Uh, but we're definitely going to talk about who I think is going to be a sleeper. Um, to take us over the edge, baby. And, and in case you hadn't seen the thumbnail, right, there may be a certain somebody on there that could answer that question for you. You know what I'm saying? But uh, so now, as we're looking back last year, the end of the, of the season, the Buffalo Bills finally, they went on a tear, right? They went on a tear and got back on the track, and they were flaming hot. Ended up finally winning the division. It was close. But they finally ended up winning the division. But they had to settle for a wild card spot. And now we're entering into the playoffs, right? The wild card playoffs. And then we get into the game <laughs> that was just incredible. That game was, you guys remember it well, right? You guys remember it well. And it was, a, it was oh man, that was a game. It was a Bills versus the Pats, baby. That wild card game, man. Bills, Pats, in Buffalo, sub-zero temperatures, freezing your tails off. And we here we go. And then I don't know about you, but my memory of that game, it just, it, you know, um, of course there was a there was a lot of them, but ju I, I just can't help but but get over the fact that I, I just remember seeing my man uh Ryan Fitzpatrick. You guys remember that that image of Fitzpatrick, you know what I'm saying? He's in the stands with Bills Mafia, man. Against the Patriots, he goes full on, man, just just naked chest. Got the taco meat and the grizzly scruff showing all over himself, man. The whole full on torso beard going on out there with the Bills Mafia. He just you know what I'm saying? Just that just oh man. That was just an incredible moment. For all of Bill's Mafia. I absolutely love that moment, man. To see a guy who at the time was still on another team. Can you believe that? Here he is, man, down in the in the in the stands, freezing with everybody. He's got his shirt off, man. Just looking like Grizzly Adams there, man. You know what I'm saying? Full on beard, and he's got the chest all going all out. Just having a time, man. That that game was amazing. We know it as, as it was the perfect game, right? The perfect game. The Bills did not punt a single time. A single time, MP comes in and says, yo, I will never forget that day. Never forget it. I don't see how anybody can forget it. That, that, that was, that game, that day will be forever etched in my memory as a Bills fan 
all the days of my life. And I want to know, what was your favorite memory from that game? Huh? What was your favorite memory from that game? Day-Day comes in and says, yo, Fitz, and he's laughing. Man, that was incredible. That was incredible. Uh, I just remember, man, the Buffalo, and, and you know it, man. You, you know, you know, you know how important that game was to the Bills, right? The team, they wanted to beat the brakes off of the Patriots. Jerry Trash comes in talking about the, yo, the high interception. There it is, man, absolutely. The high pick. That was a turning point of the game, too. You remember that because the Patriots had, they, they had gained momentum. They had gained momentum. But the Buffalo Bills, man, they were hyped, man. They were excited. They were so, man, they were so excited about that game. Pumped up. We remember what happened, right, in the regular season, how the, how the Patriots came in, you know what I'm saying, into Buffalo and just embarrassed the entire team. Embarrassed us, right? And what was like a, a freaking blizzard slash hurricane, you know what I'm saying? Winds just ridiculous. Never seen that before. Just a crazy type of weather game. Bills look like boo-boo. Hot garbage. The offense couldn't get anything going all game. And what made that even worse was that the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed, right? Pages ran down our throats. Literally ran down our throats all game. Won the game. Embarrassed us. Absolutely embarrassed us. So, so, so you know, you know that coming into the playoff game, the Bills wanted to just rip them a new you-know-what. And so well, here we go in the game. My man Johnny Blaze comes in and says, yo, Allen in two playoff games last year, nine touchdowns, 12 interceptions, no turnovers. Let that sink in. Let it sink in, Mafia. I'm talking – see, this is the type of stuff that we just need to just sit back and really just mar- let these things marinate. Let them marinate. You know what I'm saying? Nothing like a good piece of meat just marinating overnight to some great sauce, man, some good seasoning. You know what I'm saying? Just let it marinate, guys. Enjoy this. Randall, yeah, definitely, we got payback. But that game, man, they came out on fire. The Bills came out on fire. And the momentum had actually was going in the favor of the Patriots to begin with. You remember that, right? And then all of a sudden, excuse me. Oh, man, that's good. Oh, I love Estella. Anyway, so all of a sudden, we see Mac Jones. Mac Jones, for all the trash, we, we, we talk about him, right? Here he is. He drops back in the pocket, and he chunks one. And we're like, yo, Mac can't throw deep. Well, there that one goes, deep. And um, I think that was going to Nelson Aguilar. Correct me if I'm wrong. But that pass, you know what I'm saying, on the left side of the screen, going to the end zone, man, was on Nelson, was, was going to Nelson Aguilar, I think. And who do we see covering him? Levi Wallace. <laughs> right? Levi Wallace. And there it is, about five yards of cushion, right? As my man, as, as Aguilar looks like he was, he was just like this, about to just catch that ball. My lips are a little chapped. I got to throw the Carmax on. As he was about to catch that ball, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like a, like a missile, a missile just shooting from one end of the screen to the other. Here is my man, Micah Hyde coming through with the extraordinary interception. 
I snatched the ball out of mid. Just, just, I mean, he just stole that ball like it was nobody's business. And my man, after I was sitting here, like he thought he had the ball. And the ball, it was a good place, but well-placed ball by, my, by Mac Jones. Got to give it to him. He was like, yo, I got the ball right here. He was looking for it. And before he knew it, it was gone. Ball vanished. Ball absolutely vanished. And Micah High just like he was, you know what I'm saying, chasing after a, a fly ball popped up in right in, 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 in right field. And he's coming from left from left field. And he's run chasing that thing all the way down. Like, I got it. It's my thing. Move out the way. And he caught that ball. Snagged it. Snagged it. Right before it went over the top for a home run. He snagged that ball. Caught it. Yeah, ran on myself, man. I was, I was like, I was flabbergasted. <laughs> When's the last time you heard that word? Flabbergasted. Like, oh, you know, have you ever, have you ever like, like seen a play where you, where like you just have like two emotions in one, like, like just like that. I saw that ball in the air and I knew it was in it. I knew, I knew it was a touchdown. I'm just like, oh, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, snag, oh my gosh, did you see that? I, from, I went from that, you know what I'm saying? I went, I went from zero to 100, like, just like that. Like, like I'm about to throw my hand on the ground because Levi Wallace gave up an interception to just jumping up in joy. You know what I'm saying? Because Micah Hyde just had the snag of a century. Unbelievable, unbelievable interception and play by Micah Hyde. Oh, my gosh. What an incredible memory, right? And that was the turning point of the game because that stole – not only did Micah Hyde steal the ball from Nelson Aguilar in the, in, in the end zone, but he actually stole the souls of the New England Patriots right there in that play. He stole their soul, and he stole the momentum from them, and it was all she wrote at that moment. At that moment, it was over. Game was done. Ball all the way deflated. You know what I'm saying? Don't need no Tom Brady. That ball was all the way deflated. Their hopes just were crushed. You know what I'm saying? Their countenance fell. Everything was sucked out of them. When By one play, my man Micah Hyde. Incredible. Incredible. Bobby Thomas talks about, yo, yo, I was screaming and laughing. Now, it was incredible, especially because it was against the Pats and Belichick. Yo, yo. Absolutely, Bobby. I, I, man, absolutely. I, I remember that, man, like, like vividly. And oh, it was so beautiful. Do you see? You see how good that feels? How good does that feel, Mafia? Huh? huh? Just, 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 just breathe that in. It's like we're taking a bite. You know what I'm saying? We did. That was a bite. That was one bite. We just took that bite. It wasn't it good. You see what I'm saying? Now we're about to we're about to finish it off with a little swig. You know what I'm saying? Get, get you a swig. Mm. Wash that bite down. Oh, man. Tasted so good. So good. And then after that, it was all she wrote, man. That, that was play after play after play. It's like the Buffalo Bills could do no wrong. Mike Hartley, seven touchdowns, no punts. Yep. Absolutely. Seven touchdowns, no punts, man. That was ridiculous ridiculous absolutely loved every bit of that game 
every bit of that game, right? I mean, Bobby Thomas talks about yo, but it was payback for us um, and dom- dominating the pace for the for, dominating the Pats for the next two decades. I, yeah, man, you know it. You know you you know we're gonna dominate them, right? I mean, we, we all know that, right? It's just gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And that moment, that, that was a moment. Like, I know we, we got our regular season revenge, right? But now nah, that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough because we had to face them in the playoffs and just obliterate them. Send them packing. Obliterate them. Absolutely. It, man, exercise demons on that game. Yeah, no doubt. Appreciate you, man. Uh, Brew, appreciate you, man. Yo, this hat was a gift from my uncle. I don't even know where he got it from. But uh, so then we enjoyed that shellacking. Enjoy that shellacking. Celebrations galore. Absolutely loved it, right? But we got to move on. We got to move on. Because after that game, we had to take a step forward. And then we found out that we got matched up with our arch nemesis, our playoff arch nemesis for the past two years, Bill's versus the Chiefs. Bills versus the Chiefs. Man, man, man. How much, how heavily anticipated was that match? Huh? How heavily anticipated was that match? I like that idea. I like it. That match right there, Oh, man. It's like all eyes were on that game, right? All eyes were on that game because they remember the AFC Championship game. And I know, man, we were upset because I know I was because we're like, man, yo, man, we should be facing him in Buffalo. In Buffalo. Again, we're probably like one game Right in the regular season, we're just one game off from possibly having the number one seed, and 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 every team we faced had to come to Western New York. They had to come to Highmark Stadium, but it didn't happen. So the Bills had to go the hard route, man. You know what I'm saying? And so coming off of a a fantastic, record-breaking, record-setting game against the New England Patriots. No punt game, obliterating the Patriots, exercising all kinds of demons, putting them in their place where they belong, which is beneath us. Here we go now for the second straight year, this time not in the AFC Championship game, but the divisional round, marching into Arrowhead Stadium to face the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Now, we were pretty confident that game, were we not? Because we had beaten them in the regular season. So that was that was good for us to do because we needed to know that we could beat them. And did we beat them or not, man? That was a great game. But we knew that, you know, the the the, the Pat Mahomes, man, they were struggling. They weren't, they weren't the same team, right? They, they were having some 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 issues, just like the Bills were early in the season, too, right? But they righted that ship too. They got corrected. And if you thought for one second that the Bills were going to go into the Arrowhead Stadium and beat the brakes off the Chiefs, had another thing coming. Because Pat Mahomes ain't no slouch. You know what I'm saying? 
Andy Reid knows, knows what's up. We got Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. They had some dogs, man. They had some dogs. And so we had, we had, man, we had to come with everything we had. Everything. And so that game, off the rip, man, shout out to Brian Davo, man. He called himself an excellent game. The Bills were going down the field. Remember that? Down the field, man. They're like, like, ain't scared of nothing. And here we go. We score, Casey scores. We score, Casey scores. Back to back, back to back. It was the game of the ages. The game of the ages, man. What was your best memory of that game? I want to know. Man, oh, golly, that game was so incredible. There were so many highs and lows, but just it's incredible highs. I remember coming off of, off of, you know, out of halftime. Coming out of halftime, and uh, man, that, I don't know if it was the first series coming out of the second half, but it was that, that, that I think it was like that 70-yard bomb, that strike to Gabe Davis. Where Gabe just split the defense. You remember that? I think it was the first play coming out of the second half. Absolute missile. Josh just throws it. And and like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you see the you see the camera just panning. You know what I'm saying? Josh steps back, he just launches that thing. And you see the camera pan. And all of a sudden, oh, Gabe Davis. Get there, Gabe. Go, go, go. And that ball just and he caught him in stride, right? Boom, caught him in stride. And Gabe just took off, and he looked surprised. Like, I can't believe I was this wide open. And I erupted. I erupted. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely erupted on, on that play. I remember um, you guys need to see me on a live game action, man, because I get your boy, I get pretty animated, Okay. If you think I get animated here, I get ridiculously animated on Bill's games. I do, especially when it's a game like this. Oh, man. Nerves all the way up here like this, right? Just heightened emotions, so amped up. My family had to go upstairs. They couldn't even be downstairs. I'm like, yo, you got to leave me alone. I got, I got to handle this. Give me the whole, the whole first floor by myself. I need this to myself. You know what I'm saying? And I remember, yo, like going, I remember going outside, so hyped up, opening my door, just, let's go. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was so amped up. My neighbors, they know I'm a Bills fan. They know I'm, I'm a hardcore Bills fan. And uh, after that play, I was like, I was so lit, so turned up, so turned up. Uh, somebody said, Jason, yo, oh, you seen a bit of, of me hyped up? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I remember I threw, I threw something up last year, I think, no, the, or the year before. I got pumped up after that was the Bills Rams game in Buffalo uh, a couple of years ago. Remember that? Yeah, when we won last second, end zone, baby. Oh man, I got so hyped up. But it was nothing compared to this this Bills Chiefs game. I was I was on another level. And so after that play, after that after that play, man, it it was just play after play. Now what got me was was the fact that the defense just we just could couldn't get a stop, couldn't stop it. Couldn't stop Mahomes at all. I was frustrated. I think I was even frustrated. It may have, it may have been the first series that case that uh, that the Chiefs had when 
Pat Mahomes was just that that dude was just freaking running like like he's a running back. You know what I'm saying? He was just scrambling, getting loose, almost got sacked, escapes the pocket, and run for first down. And I'm like, can we not stop this guy? Like, what's going on? Here we go again. Another scramble for first down. Another scramble for first down. It was, it was, it was ticking me off, man. I also ticked off. But looking back, I mean, you just got to appreciate greatness, right? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm sure I'm sure the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs fans, you know what I'm saying, can will feel the same way about their defense because they couldn't stop Josh Allen at all. And so that's what happens, man. When greatness is going against greatness, you, you just you just gotta you just gotta appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, now you would like the defense to be that great too and be able to shut that down. But you know what I'm saying? How many people could stop Kobe Bryant when he's on his A game? Mike Jordan when he's on his A game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just hard. It's just hard. You know what I'm saying? Uh, LeBron James, all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So when 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 guys that are this elite are on their A games, you just have to kind of sit back and just watch it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just have to sit back and watch and just appreciate it. So, I mean, the Chiefs are coming, man. They, they, they were coming back, but the Bills were coming back. It, we were going toe-to-toe. Blow for blow with Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs who were on fire. And they were, speaking of the Bills, incredible. Absolutely incredible. And then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, no doubt, man. He's he's special, man. He's a special kid. All of a sudden, here we go. The game is coming down to the wire. Oh, man. The game is coming down to the wire. How many times did my man Josh Allen have to win the game? But the game is coming down to the wire, and here we go. And we see my man Josh Allen needing a touchdown to win the game, or at least to give us a lead, right? Josh Allen drops back. He looks left, looks right, scrambles, chunks it. Gabe Davis for the touchdown. Remember when he just broke the ankles of that cornerback, set him tumbling, gave Davis for the touchdown, put the Bills up for the win. So we thought. Right? How excited were you guys at that moment? And I can just remember, and I wish I could pull this up right now, but I don't have the time to do it. To pull up that that clip when Josh Allen, after that point, on the sidelines, firing up his teammates, firing them up, like, let's go. I mean, you remember, remember that? Josh Allen was just, he was just, man, he was on another level. On another level, psyching him up, man. That was, oh, that right there, that moment. Seeing Josh that fired up on the sideline. We heard about Josh being fired up, but seeing that at that particular time, and understanding the gravity and the weight of that moment sent chills through my spine. I loved it. But then, but then, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Bills had to kick the ball. You know it. You know it. Do I even need to put it on? I don't even need to put it on there. The dreaded 13 seconds. 
the dreaded 13 seconds, man. 13 seconds on the clock. For some reason, the Bills didn't squib kick it, didn't do any of that stuff. To try to knock some time off the ball, you know what I'm saying? To try to make them have to at least touch the ball and 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 and, and let the clock tick down. No, didn't happen. Didn't do that. So all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs have 13 seconds. And many were like, yo, there's no way. There's no way. There is no way we're going to lose this game. With 13 seconds on the clock, and they got to march the length of the field, there's absolutely no way they can climb back and tie the game, let alone win it. I know, man. I know. I know. I know. You say, you say why are you trying to – I mean, I, hey – we got we to gotta go back. We got to go back to appreciate some of the things, man, so that way we can see where we're headed. We know what happened. For some reason, coaching, execution, whatever, understanding that all they needed to do was get in field goal range to tie the game up and go into overtime. What happens? The Buffalo Bills defense decides to play prevent prevent defense and guard the sidelines as if they did not already have three timeouts. I think I'm, I think the Kansas City Chiefs had their full uh, slate of timeouts. So why are you playing the sidelines? Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott, what are, you, what are y'all doing? Levi Wallace? Oh, gosh. It hurts, man. It does. It, it, I know it hurts, but we got to get through. We got we to swallow this pill. It hurts. 13 seconds, we know it. That's right. Prevent defense equals a prevent equals prevent a win. Well, they didn't happen. <laughs> they didn't happen. Because they gave them every inch and every yard they needed to get in field goal range to kick the ball. Right? They did it. They gave, they said, here, you guys want to tie the ball? You want to tie the game? Here you go. Just march down the field. I ain't even going to defend you. Let you get, let you do all that. We're going to defend the sidelines. Ridiculous. 13, I'm done talking about that, man. <laughs> okay. 13 seconds. They tie the game up. Get on overtime. All she wrote. Lost the coin toss. Josh Allen and the fire-hot Buffalo Bills offense never got to see the field again. Except they got to watch the defense that couldn't stop Pat Mahomes all game have to try to make a stop. In over in overtime. And they did not do that. And we lost. Heartbreaking, gut-wrenching fashion. But as somebody had posted here earlier, talking about growth. And you are so true. And um do me a favor, uh, Evan, if you could find that. It's, it's, it's pretty up there. It's, it's kind of far up there. I kind of caught it. But it's about growth, man. It's about growth. That, having games like that, having moments like that, should absolutely teach you something. You should absolutely grow from that. This is true. McDermott hadn't been in those, times, in those games before. 
Now this experience will help him greatly. Exactly. You have to appreciate these moments, right? Because there are moments and they're teachable moments. The 13 seconds game was a great growth step for us. Now we're ready for anything and we can play big time football in big games. Couldn't have said it better myself, Ark Omen. Absolutely. These are growth moments. And no doubt, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, and the whole entire Buffalo Bills uh, coaching staff and the squad themselves looked at this game and grew from it. And now, at the conclusion of that game, as heartbreaking as it was, we had to sit there and watch another team go to the Super Bowl. We had to watch another team hoist up the Vince Lombardi trophy. That could have been us. That taste is still in my mouth, right? It's going to be hard to get that taste out. And I don't think we need to get it out of there. I think sometimes it's important for us to have these, these moments. It's important for us to have these scars, right? Scars are important. Helps to remember. Helps to remember what you went through, especially if you're growing and you're getting past it, like we hope the Buffalo Bills have been doing this entire offseason. And so now enters the offseason. Okay, now we enter the offseason. Are you guys enjoying this yet? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I tell you, this is great. We have to do this. So now we enter the offseason, and there's been a lot of change. A lot of change. Brian Dayball gets shipped off, right? He leaves. He finally gets his head coaching job in New York with the Giants. There's a vacancy of the offensive coordinator position that ends up being filled by Ken Dorsey, right? The Bills had a couple of interviews, but it ultimately landed on Ken Dorsey's plate. He got the job. It doesn't help. It doesn't hurt to have your star quarterback vouch for you, but Ken Dorsey, we all knew, was a man anyway, right? He's been groomed for this moment, for this opportunity, so he gets the job. A lot of questions surrounding Ken Dorsey. People don't know about him. We don't know like what he's, what he's going to do. All we knew is that he's, just a, he's been Josh Allen's quarterback coach. Right. But everything else is just is just a question. We just don't really know. But then we we so we add him to the fold and we're kind of interested in seeing what he's going to bring to the table. Is he going to bring an entirely different offense? Is he or is he going to keep the same offense that Brian Dayball had, but just make some tweaks? What's he going to do? Everybody's trying to figure that out. Nobody knows. But then the offseason approaches right before we get into the draft. Then we've got free agency, right? But just before free agency happens, the Buffalo Bills, if you guys remember, had a press had had a had a had a, had a, a press conference, right? I uh, had a press conference. Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean had a press conference, and at that moment, Sean McDermott was talking about resetting and rebranding. He was talking about resetting and rebranding the offense, right? And he made a lot of 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 of, of changes in the coaching staff. We talked about Ken Dorsey being hired to be the new offensive coordinator for the Bills. But then he brings on Aaron Cromer. He brings on Aaron Cromer to be the offensive line coach because Bobby Johnson, the previous O-line coach, left with Brian Dayball to join him in New York to coach the Giants' offensive line. So now Sean McDermott goes through his Rolodex, goes through his contacts, you know what I'm saying, and he... Brings on Aaron Cromer. 
who had a former stint with the Buffalo Bills back in 2015 and 2016. No stranger to Buffalo Bills. High praise, man, by, from, 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 from former players like Eric Wood about Aaron Cromer. And we knew a little bit about him. And one thing we didn't know is that every offense that he's coached the offensive line under, their running game has been tops in the league. Last stint, he was with the Buffalo Bills in 2015 and 2016. The Buffalo Bills led the league in rushing back-to-back years under his tutelage with a good offensive line. Shady McCoy, Tyrod Taylor, quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Led the league in rushing back-to-back years. You say, well, why is that important? Because we know that when Sean McDermott was talking about resetting and rebranding the offense in the offseason, what he was trying to do was he was talking about having a more balanced attack. We saw Josh Allen last year have what over 700 and something rushing yards for the season, though that looked good. But there was a moment in time when you know, we're like, yo, Brian Dable, enough of all that, that call design run crap. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you want to kill him? You know what I'm saying? Like, like enough of all that. They had to do what they had to do, I guess, to win the game. But that was a $200 million investment. There's no way they're going to let him go out there and run the ball like that again. Sean McDermott was trying to bring a, a balanced offensive attack to this team, to the offense. It didn't happen under Brian Dayball. Brian Dayball really wasn't much of a fan of, of balance. You know what I'm saying? He, he wanted to have Josh throw the ball 40-plus times a game, run it very minimally. But we saw the success once he finally did it towards the tail end of the season and into the playoffs. And Sean McDermott, after Brian Dayball left, uh, Bobby Johnson left, he said, you know what? I'm going to finally get my balanced approach in offense. I'm going to get it. Bring in Ken Dorsey. Bring in Aaron Cromer, who's going to revamp the entire offensive line. Revamp it completely. A veteran in the National Football League with over 20-plus years of experience coaching. Guy brings a, a, a long resume and a successful one at that. But then we enter free agency period, right? The free agent period. And we're starting to take a look at now some of the guys and some of the, the players that the Buffalo Bills could be looking at, right? Because how can you improve this team, right? How can you improve this team? The defense was number one last year. How can you improve a number one defense from last year? Many people were saying, well, yo, that was a paper number one defense. Because you look at the schedule, how weak the schedule was. But whenever the Bills played a team that was tops in the National Football League, they didn't look so hot. Right? But the offense, how are you going to improve the offense? What are you going to do? You got a new OC. You got a $200 million quarterback. You got a Ferrari and Josh Allen. You got Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis. Emmanuel Sanders leaves. Cole Beasley is gone. What are you going to do? The offensive line is, 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 is moved around. Daryl Williams is gone. John Feliciano is gone. We don't bring them back. We got some vacate. We got some vacancies across the offensive line. Man, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Brandon Bean, what say you, my man? <laughs> no worries. No worries. <laughs> no worries. Why? Because man, they call Big Baller Bean has a plan. What did he do? He decided at the start of off of, of, of free agency, his big fish, one of his big, his big fish that he decided to go after, Roger Saffold. Roger Saffold. He brings in this guy, one of the best 
run-blocking offensive lineman in the National Football League. You ain't got to take my word for it. Eric Wood was on the Bustin' with the Boys podcast maybe a month or two ago. Was talking with Taylor Lewan, bringing him up. Taylor Lewan said, yo, Roger Saffold, the best run-blocking guard I've ever seen. Brandon Mean knows what he's doing. He went after that guy. Got him. An Aaron Cromer disciple was coached underneath Aaron Cromer. Brings that nasty grit, that type of attitude. Now you're starting to see the influence of Aaron Cromer already. Because what type of offensive line did he have when he was in Buffalo in 15 and 16? Some straight bullies. Who did he have? Like him or, like him or not. Love him or hate him. He had Richie Incognito. Right? Pro Bowl guard. Wasn't he a fantastic football player? That type of attitude, that tenacity, right? Pairing with Eric Wood and the likes, right? Ridiculous offensive guard. So now he brings in Roger Saffold, his own guy, brings him in. He's got that type of that type of attitude, man. That type of attitude. Roger Saffold up your <laughs> rushing attack, man. No doubt. No doubt, man. That dude is phenomenal. Brought him in, but then you know that you know the you know the the you know the mentality of a lot of these offensive linemen from Tennessee, right? Because they run in a power rushing offense with Derrick Henry. So you know that smash mouth, hard-nosed guy, they beating you up at the line of scrimmage. We know very well what that offensive line is about. Do we not? He still haven't been able to beat them in the regular season, the Titans I'm talking about. So we bring him in. We even bring in David Questenberry, who came from the Titans as well. But Saffold was the main dude that they wanted. They targeted him. They got him. Brought him in. Aaron Cromer, disciple. Boom. Plug him in, starting left guard. There he is. Then there is another guy across the offensive line that decided he wanted to take a look into the free agency pool and find out, you know what I'm saying, what other opportunities laid ahead for him. And I'm talking about my man Rick Bates, right, Ryan Bates. So then here he comes. And we were like, yo, are we going to lose this guy? Are we going to lose him? Are we going to lose him? I hope not. And we know what happened. Man, thank Brandon Bean, man, because uh, after he got an offer sheet from the Chicago Bears and came back with it, Brandon Bean said, you ain't going nowhere. Brought my man Rick Bates back. Ryan Bates was, in my opinion, we saw this last year, was probably one of the most important cogs across the offensive line that gave us that boost across the offensive line. And we couldn't get any push. The running game wasn't going anywhere. Man, uh, uh, when, when Ryan Bates got inserted into the offensive lineup, the starting lineup, different offensive line. That guy was probably the MVP across O-line. Probably second to, to, to my man Mitch Morris, who's just been Mr. Consistent. So we bring in these guys. We bring him back. We Now we add in Roger Saffold, paired him with my man Lee, uh, Deion Dawkins across the left side. And then we got Mitch Morris coming back. I think we even extended him, if I'm not mistaken. And then we got Rick Bates, right guard. Spencer Brown, right tackle. Added David Kressenberry. 
offensive line is looking mighty, mighty nasty, right? Mighty nasty. But then we keep on progressing throughout free agency, right? Because that period, man, you know, is a hot time. It's a hot time. And we're just waiting. And we're waiting, patiently waiting. We see some things happen, right? We saw Isaiah McKenzie with the extension, right? We saw Saran Neal come back with the extension. Then Roger Saffo came at the start of free agency. Boom, got him. And then we're waiting, right? For Bean after dark. We're like, man, what is Brandon Bean up to? What is he going to do? What is he going to do? Then we know what happened with the whole J.D. McKissick thing, right? We thought we added J.D. McKissick. He decides to go, jerk, you know what I'm saying, on the pills and goes back to Washington. Enjoy your time out there. You know what I'm saying? And so we missed out on that thing. And then we're like, dang, man, what's happening? And I remember this when this happened. All of a sudden, the Buffalo Bills signed O.J. Howard. And I'm like, yo, remember it well. I'm sitting here. I'm in San Antonio, Texas. I'm in San Antonio, Texas on my it's spring break for me. Me and the family out there uh, visiting my brother-in-law, my in-laws, man. We're, we're, we're about to go to Six Flags Fiesta in Texas and about to go to SeaWorld. I'm getting ready. I got my phone ready. I just joined the Fanatics. I've got my gear ready. I've got all my stuff sitting here. I've got my phone. It's, it's fully charged, baby, fully charged, trying to take a sneak peek on the family vacay in San Antonio. All of a sudden, my thing buzzes. Goes off. We get the news about O.J. Howard. But shortly thereafter, you guys know where I'm going with this, right? You guys know where I'm going with this. If you know where I'm going with this, put his name in the chat. Put his name in the chat. All of a sudden, across my phone ticker, and I'm like, yo, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The Buffalo Bills land. Von Miller, yo, are you got, yo, I'm like pinching myself. I'm like, yo, before I get too excited and share stuff, I'm check. You know what I'm saying? You got, you got to do the Twitter check. You got to, you got to do the check to make sure that you ain't, you know what I'm saying? Retweeting somebody who's got the, the false check, right? You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, I'm trying to look at different, at different reports. And I'm like, yo, I can even, I didn't know for sure. Is this happening? Is this really happening right now? Because I put it on my mama tape. I put it on my mama take at the beginning of, 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 of uh, free agency that, oh, my mama, the Bills, and I was almost there, baby, are going to uh, uh, cut Darrell Williams and, re- and, 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 uh, and, and sign Roger Saffold. Boom, we got it. And then my other on my mama take was that the Buffalo Bills were going to sign and bring back home uh, Chandler Jones. I thought Chandler was coming to Buffalo, man. I, I did. I did. But then he went to Oakland. I'm like, dang, gum it. Or, or Las Vegas. So we missed out on him. And then in my, and then in my, my, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, uh, my next guy in my head, I'm like, okay, well, we, gotta, we, got, we need a pass rusher. We need a pass rusher. So I'm, I'm looking at Miami. Um, Emmanuel Ogbo was on my list. But then all of a sudden, out of, out of nowhere, like you guys are saying, yo, Vaughn Biller. That came across the ticker. Do you guys remember where you were at that time? Do you guys remember where you were? Let me, man, yo, tell me where you guys were at that time when you saw come across your screen, whatever you were, you were looking at, Vaughn Miller to the Buffalo Bills. Where were you at? Where were you at that time? Man. Oh, uh, yo. Scott Blakely comes to your say, I was waiting for him to back out and needed ink to believe. <laughs> man, we all did. After, yo, after, the, after the J.D. McKissick fleeks, Right after we got fleeced by McKissick, 
I think everybody was like, yo, put, yo, give that man a pin right now. Ship it to, to wherever he is, to LA. I don't care what it, yo, fax that contract over to him. He ain't got to come to Buffalo. Fax it to him right now. Make sure he signs that thing now. We can't have it. I can't, yo, don't be, don't be playing with my, you know, like, like uh, you guys remember uh, a Friday. Don't be playing with my emotions, Smokey. Can't be playing with my emotions, man. Uh, Rick Stacks is, yo, he was on the beach with somebody. <laughs> Jerry Trash, yo, drinking Labatt. There you go, man. I had to bar 10 shots, my man Jason in. I'm telling you, man, I was like, I couldn't really believe that it was happening. I, I, th- I think the moment I knew it was legit was the moment he put out, he put out that, he put out that, that video on, that, uh, on the Instagram. When he, when he, when he sent that, that Instagram vid, you guys remember that? When he was like, yo, he was saying, yo, Bills Mafia, what's up? Von Miller here. You know what I'm saying? He, he, and he announced it himself that he's coming to the Bills. I was like, yo, did we just sign Von Miller? Oh my God. I was thrown. I could not believe it. I could not believe it. I was so excited, so excited that we got him. I think the last time I was that excited about a guy coming to the Bills had to have been, if not T.O., it was, it was Mario Williams. You remember that? When Mario Williams signed to the Bills, that was like, Breaking news, Mario Williams, number one big fish defensive end, signs with the Buffalo Bills. And I remember us courting him, right? I remember seeing uh, shots of of Kyle Williams, you know what I'm saying, uh, going up to a restaurant with him, Jim Kelly, everybody was courting him. And we finally signed him, and I was like, I can't believe we just signed Mario Williams. It was the same kind of feeling with me for Von Miller, except this guy is a future Hall of Famer. And there was absolutely no way in my head I thought that he was going to he was gonna come back. He was gonna come to Buffalo. I thought for sure he was gonna try to run it back with the Rams. Because why? I mean, why not? It's LA. You know what I'm saying? LA. You just won a Super Bowl. Your number two, second Super Bowl with the Rams. You're playing on a on a on a D line with with another great beside you, another future first ballot Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? And Aaron Donald. LA, baby. Aaron Donald. Los Angeles Rams. And you coming to Buffalo? I was like, yo, it, 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 trust me, I'm not, I'm not like, like poo-pooing Buffalo, man. I'm like, yo, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, yo, he is coming to Buffalo. He is actually coming to the Bills, man. I thought for sure he was going to try to run it back. Thought for sure he was. But, oh, my gosh. Yo, I was so incredibly excited. My man, Bills fan, 1970. Yo, appreciate that. But, yo, we got to get more likes, man. Yo, yo you got to smash that like. Smash that like. I know, I know it's kind of painful having to rehash some of the past, but man, we're, we, I tell you, we need to appreciate some of the things that we've been through because this was an incredible offseason. And I'm telling you, you're going to love it. You're going to love this season. And at the end of the season, when all is said and done, and we're hoisting up that Vince Lombardi trophy, you can look back. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. 
in your rearview mirror, you can say, man, I remember when that happened. I remember when that happened. I remember that. I remember in the offseason, man. You guys remember when we signed Vaughn Miller? And now Vaughn Miller was the Super Bowl MVP, helped us win the Super Bowl. I'm telling you, Mafia, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. And so, uh, you know, Jason says, yo, I, I honestly thought that Von Miller was, was punking us. I mean, I did. It was so, it was so like surreal for me. So surreal. And so we got Von Miller and then there's like the whole OJ Howard news just kind of went out the window. Like he just kind of dominated the headlines everywhere. And rightfully so. I mean, come on now. Right. But then we just added some more people, man. We added some more people. Uh, uh, we, 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 we got the defensive line. Daquan Jones was here. The Tim settle. We brought back, uh, uh, my man, uh, Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips. Yo, it was just a phenomenal um, offseason, man. It, 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 it was just phenomenal, wasn't it? So many incredible things took place during free agency. Uh, and then once free agency hit, we got ready for the draft. And at this point, I'm going to bring in my man, Evan, because Evan is here in the background. Evan, you let me know when you're ready, man. I know we're an hour and 12 in. I'm going to bring you on because I want to I want to hear from Evan. I want to hear his perspective, too, on what he um, thought about the offseason, especially as we, you know, as a, you know, we we went through free agency and now we're entering the draft. I want to know some of his thoughts. So I'm going to bring in my man, Evan. You guys show some love to my man, Evan Harrington. Welcome in. Welcome, Evan, to the show. Evan, what's good, baby? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Man, I'm good. I'm good, baby. Man, I kind of went off on a tangent, man. I kind of just got got so excited about that, man. But, uh, hey, you know what? You got energy, man. And, you know, everyone here is listening to that great energy. You know, when the season's coming upon us, how can you not, you know, be as energetic as you are right now? I mean, rightfully man. so. You're doing your thing and you're energetic. You're I appreciate just, you're, that. You're man. relieving some good moments, even though you talked about some bad moments. And I was sitting here in the green room. I'm like, I know, man. I'm like, I know. I'm like, I'm like, get to your point, man. Stop. I'm like, I, I had I to get there. there I, like, I know. I was, I was like, I was there. I felt it all in person. I don't need it again. But oh, I'm like, man. you know what? You got, you got to go through, you know, through the pain. Yes. You got to have growing pains, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what you do in life, whether you're in the NFL, you're a fan, uh, you know, you work in like trades or whatever. You, you just yeah. need to go through growing pains to make yourself better. And that's what the Buffalo Bills are doing. And, you know, you they built do, it man. up through the offseason, and we're going to get right into a little uh, and, 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 past offseason draft talk. And now, and now, here we are entering the entering the draft, right? So, 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 the offseason is. I mean, so, so last year is is further and further behind us, right? It's getting further and further behind in the rearview mirror. We're putting that kind of. We're starting to see it's getting smaller and smaller. Now, now it's a new season approaching because free agency hit, and now we're entering the draft, right? And now everybody's looking like, what are our Buffalo Bills going to do in the draft? What are some of the needs that we need? What what do we need, Evan? Man, what was your like? Kind of like t- talk to me about about what was your, I guess, what were your what was your head at, man? As you approach, as the Bills approached the draft, we saw what they did in the offseason, right? We saw what they did in free agency, adding Von Miller, which is an incredible addition, right? But we saw that we lost some 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 pieces. We lost uh, uh, Levi Wallace. He left. Uh, we all know that 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 Trey got injured, right? And so we're trying to fill that hole. Like, what are we going to do at, with the, at the cornerback position? Is Dane Jackson going to be able to fill that in? Are we going to bring in a vet? What's going to happen? We approached the draft because free agency, he did nothing as, as far as the cornerback position is concerned. Now the draft is here. Where were you at, man? What was your head at? And, and kind of just, just kind of talk to us about that for a moment. So I think the three positions I was, you know, really keen keying in on you know when the draft was you know coming up was running back receiver and corner 
right? No, yeah. not in particular order. It's just kind of however the the board was going to fall. I thought those were the three positions that the Bills should be, should have been, you know, keeping an eye on as as the yeah. draft was going along. Uh, you know, number one reason for corner. You know, obviously we drafted Kyrie Elam, but yeah. you know, going into the draft, corner was a need. You know, you're really going right. into that into that you know draft with really only Dane Jackson as your yeah. actual number one corner. You didn't right. have Christian Benford at the time. You didn't obviously have Kyrie Elam, who we drafted, you know, 23rd overall. Trey White obviously is still out, and he is currently still out. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't bring in a veteran. They, they did not sign a veteran corner to kind of fill that gap, kind of be like a stopgap player. We didn't have right. that stopgap right. corner. So going into that, I thought corner was a big need. Uh, receiver, obviously, because first of all, you can never have enough mouths to feed. When you have a quarterback like Josh Allen, True. I think it's always key to go year to year, always looking to add a receiver, whether that's round one, two, three, four, et cetera. You should always be looking at what available you know receivers there are, especially when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen. You never know. Yeah. And at that point right. in time, we were kind of uncertain. We didn't know if Isaiah McKenzie was going to take that next step exactly. to be that full-time slot receiver. Not not going to knock Gabe Davis, but he was, you know, still, you know, getting into his own, going into year three. You didn't have a, a true number three outside. Right. Uh, and again, we got guys, you know, we brought in Crowder. We brought in Khalil Shakir. Isaiah Hodgins stopped up in training yes. camp. Yes. But, you know, before that, in the draft, I thought receiver could have been a possibility. Mm-hmm. Running back, like I mentioned, I'm not, you know, super for drafting a running back in the first round. But when you're a team like the Buffalo Bills and you're yeah. on the brink of winning a Super Bowl, yes. yeah. I simply don't care about, oh, don't draft a running back in the first round. Because guess right. what? We don't have to pick up that running back's fifth-year option. We, we don't, don't have to extend them. All we exactly. need them for is this this Super Bowl window we have. And that Super yeah. Bowl window is including Josh Allen on his rookie contract. There you go, man. And we didn't get one in the first round, but we definitely got a first-round talent yeah, we in the did. second round. So oh, man. That, that we got all our guys oh. in the draft. We got, we, all got the, all the guys we got all the guys in the draft, man. And and so James Cook, phenomenal pick. So so we, we I mean we we picked Kyrie Elam. That that was the guy. That was that was our first round pick. We got a stud cornerback out of the University of Florida. Um, a big body cornerback, man, press corner corner kind of guy, man. Uh, real real physical. Um the draft was phenomenal, man. Again, Brandon Bean just crushes it, right? I mean, as he does, um, he crushes it, man, just like you're crushing that hat, though, my man. I love that hat, baby. Thank you. Yours, nice, yours nice. too, man. I can't rock. I can't rock the flat rims, but uh, it looks good on you. Thanks, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. But so, so yeah, man. So he crushed it. He crushed that draft, man. Crushed the draft. Got Kyrie Elam, and then round two, James Cook. And you guys know, you probably probably already seen it. You know, Rico rant. You know, I had a rant. You know, what I'm saying when we didn't get my man Priest Hall, and the Jets of all people got to picked him up. But you know, people were talking about yo, yo. Don't sleep on James Cook. James Cook is a good running back. He's he's because gonna fit this team very well. And what do we see as we come into training camp? Who is who is probably the guy? One of one of the guys that has had the most um has been the most talked about in training camp and and, and into the preseason. It's been James Cook, man. James Cook, that guy has been showing out in training camp, right? And so the offseason came. We saw these rookies come. Training camp comes now with the with the you know what I'm saying? With, with everybody's coming in here. Um, and then James Cook is showing up. And so it, it, it just goes to show you, man, that, that we just have to trust the process. I know that it's so cliche. We hear it all the time. But just trust the process and enjoy these moments. Enjoy what Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are building. Enjoy what they're building. And so we see these young guys, man. Um, another young guy 
in the offseason that we added in in uh, in the draft that is really showing out Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir. Evan, when you look at 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 just I'll tell you what, when you look at the entire rookie draft class, when is the last time you've seen a draft class like this for the Buffalo Bills that have been this um impactful so far um in the offseason and through preseason? Like, what do you think about these about about this Bills rookies? Uh, because to me, they, they don't they don't seem like rookies to me, man. They, they these guys are balling out. Yeah, they don't for sure. And when you look at past draft classes that you know Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have been a part of for the Buffalo Bills, I think the first two that come to mind is 2017 and 2018. You know, those were the first two big draft classes for you know McDermott and Bean really building yeah. this team up, right? 2017. Right. We all know how impactful that was. You got a top five corner in Tredavious White, a franchise left tackle in Deion Dawkins, and you got a franchise linebacker in Matt Milano. Like you yeah. get three gems. You found three right. gems right. in that draft. 2018, we all know. You got two cornerstone players in Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds. Now, the rest of the draft class wasn't as good, but there were still some nice players within that draft class as well. Um, overall, but now you're taking a look at 2022. What can 2022 bring to you? I think 2022's draft class can honestly be the best overall draft class that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have been a part of. Then absolutely. Realistically, realistically, when you look at this, Kyrie Elam, what can Kyrie Elam be? Can Kyrie Elam be a franchise corner? I believe he can. He's already, you know, going up against Stefan Diggs in training camp. It's, you know, playing well against number one receivers all around the league, uh, across the league, you know, guys like Michael Pittman Jr. He had nice, nice moments against him. And then yeah. you also take a look at James Cook. James Cook can be a franchise cornerstone player. He really Terrell can, Bernard. Man. If Terrell yeah. Bernard had the opportunity to see a field, to see the field and start, I think he can be a potential Pro Bowl player. You also take a look at yes. Khalil Shakir, man. Oh, man. He's a player. Again, I had him come out just, to Robert Woods out of college. Yes, yes, I agree, man. And, he, and so, like, he is so good, man. I mean, I have, I have a picture of Robert Woods over here, like signed love, to my bro, right. I love me some Robert Woods, man. When I look at that picture of Robert Woods, he's got the ball tucked like this, shoulder kind of dipped in. Yeah. You know what that looks like? Khalil Shakir. Looks just like and, him, doesn't no, I was saying it all the time, and then like all these people are like, he kind of looks like Robert Woods. He does. Like, he he literally is a and, and wearing number 10 different help creature either. of Woods. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. And it does. And then Christian Benford. That guy. Probably the biggest gem in the draft of all. Yes. Christian Benford. Not only is Christian Benford already a solidified depth piece on the Buffalo Bills roster, a six-round pick, mind you, that is Mm -hmm. no lock on this roster. You have to fight, scratch, and claw your way as a six-round pick to get onto this roster. And not only has he done that, He's fighting for a starting position as a rookie. And I'm telling you, that is, is something sensational. Dude, Christian Benford came out. Of, I, I was like, I'm honestly, honest to truth, man. I, I had no idea who this guy was. I had no idea who Benford was. I'm like, okay, so some bottom of the roster guy, right? Where you just he's likely not gonna make it, or he'll probably get stashed on the practice squad. That, that's what I'm thinking. All of a sudden, we're starting to hear some rumblings out of camp, right? Like Christian Benford, Christian Benford. Benford, go, yo, look out for Benford. Benford's going against the one. He's going with the ones. Oh, yo, yo, he's in Diggs' face. Yo, I mean, yo, like, like this and that. I mean, we're hearing all the stuff about, about Benford, like, like going with the ones. And like, and, and then it just kind of makes you like think, well who, well, who is this guy? And you look more into him. And then he finally, for the first time we get to see him against the Colts, right? 
And then we saw, like, okay, this is why this guy's been getting so many reps with the ones and why they've been talking about him the way they've been talking about him. First of all, he's no small run, he's no small cornerback. The guys, the guys got some size to him. What is he like six foot two plus, right? He's got he's like he's like 200, maybe a little bit over 200. He's a big cornerback. And he even looks big on you know on screen. Physical cornerback. The guy's just been he's been doing his thing, man. Um, as a low round draft guy, draft pick and pushing the first round draft pick in Kyer Elam. Like Kyer Elam has got to be looking over his shoulders, like, yo, who is this guy? And who and, and yo, I gotta. And, and so it's just like, you know, you, you hear the cliche, it's iron sharpens iron. So it's just making each other better. It's making them both better. Kyrie Elam has to step his game up because now he's got a six-round draft pick who's right there on his heels. And he's better, he's better, he's being he better, you know, be careful. And for a moment in time and for a moment in preseason, it was looking like Benford was outplaying Kyrie Elam to a degree because Kyrie was still kind of kind of handsy. But man, I'm glad yo. And Evan, you were hey, you, you know were what? on it. You were on it with this Christian Benford guy, man. Yeah, you know what? Guess what? I think Bobby was also big on Christian Benford too. So, you know, shout out to Bobby as well. No doubt. I'm telling you, this is going to be the new, this is like, it's reminding me of kind of how Gabe Davis and Isaiah Hodgins were at camp, you yeah. know, just a few years yeah. ago, because obviously, I mean, you know, different draft picks, you know, one was the first one was a sixth, but Gabe Davis was a fourth and Christian Benford or and Isaiah Hodgins was a sixth. Yeah. But you know, the sixth round pick in Isaiah Hodgins was out playing, you know, the higher draft pick at the time. I think people you know, forget that, that. People, people yeah. are kind of forgetting that. I mean, this is like recency bias, right? Because Isaiah Hodgins hasn't been healthy since he's been on the, on the Bills, right? And so, but they forget that when he came out, he was he even his his draft profile. I mean, people were saying that yo, he's a he's he's a better receiver than Gabe Davis, and was outperforming him in throughout the offseason until he got hurt. So yeah, great point. Yeah, and I know I think just overall, this is a. Um just a great thing that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean are building. And, you know, we're going to take a look back at this, like the last few draft classes, they've been drafting players to compete with one another. Yeah. I don't know if, they, if you've kind of seen that trend 2020, you know, or the, the, the 2021 draft, you draft Greg Rousseau and then Boogie Basham 2020. Mm -hmm. You have, you know, Gabe Davis, Isaiah Hodgins, this draft class, you know, you draft Kyrie Elam, Christian Benford, they're competing. Like those are three different, you know, positional groups that are competing with one another. Right. James Cook to compete with this running back group. They, you know, they bring in guys to compete with other players on the roster. And I think they're trying to build a competitive nature, you know, not only on the field, but you know, within within each other, whether that's you know, in the locker room, in team meetings, they're yeah. going out to dinner. They know, like, you know, when they're looking at each other, like, if I don't want to play this guy. I might not be getting the snapshot I want. I might not make the roster. So it, it's just overall just a, a phenomenal feeling that, you know, you can not only bring in more players, but they can, you know, elevate each other's game. Man, and, and they are doing that. I mean, on a, on a week to week basis, we're seeing them elevating each other. And this can only bode well for the Buffalo Bills going forward because now we see, um, just how I mean, I guess we're we're starting to see the gravity, right, and the weight of this upcoming season and how important it is. We're starting to see guys that yo, if you can't cut it, you got to get cut or traded. Hence, my man Cody Ford has to go, and he got shipped off to Arizona because, and 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 three years going entering his fourth year, he just he just couldn't cut it, man. He just he just you know. 
He just wasn't. He just wasn't, wasn't know, what we thought he was. I don't know if you heard this or not with Cody Ford, but he's actually starting already on the first. He's already starting in Arizona. Arizona, yeah. Wow. Already, like right said, out the gate. They're the not gate. even you know wasting any any time with him. Wow. Well, that's, I mean, maybe that's what he needed. You know what I'm saying? And kudos to Cody Ford. You know what I'm saying? Kudos to Cody Ford. I'm not you know here trying to trying to poo poo on him or nothing like that. I wasn't a big fan of the, of the, of the pick. Um, he just he just it just didn't work out. So hopefully it works out for him in Arizona. But it didn't work out for the Bills, and. And uh, th- th- that's just what to, that's just what's to be expected. Like, the the competition on this team is so incredibly hard, right, and, and tough that you've got to bring your egg. You can't you can't take no days off, man. You can't slouch. Yeah, I don't care if you were a former second round draft pick that we traded up for or not. You could get traded. You know what I'm saying? Like Cody Ford could. You know what I'm saying? So so uh, you know. Uh, Kyrie Elam, if he doesn't bring his game, you know what I'm saying, he could find himself on the bench and, and, and replaced by Christian Benford to start the to start the year alongside uh, uh, Dane Jackson. You just never know, so you have to bring it. But that's why I love all of this talent on this team because they're pushing each other to be great, pushing each other to be even greater because we understand the hill that we have to climb this year to get back to the top of the hill and hopefully have the opportunity to 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 play for that Vince. Lombardi Trophy. Now look here, we've got a hundred some odd people here in in this in here you know watching us. Whether you're watching us uh, live on Facebook, on 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 YouTube, Twitter, whatever the case may be, do us this favor, man. Yo, smash that like and subscribe to the channel so that way you can be plugged into everything that is about to go down for Buffalo Bills, man. Especially the fanatics as we approach the regular season. So now, man, we starting to see what happens, Evan. Uh, throughout preseason, and and and, we, and there's a lot of guys that are showing up, man. There's a lot of guys that are showing up. Tell me some of the guys um, on this team that, that 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 you like the most, man. That have really just flashed, and and could be potentially very difficult to put on the sidelines as we approach the regular season. So, I mean, in my opinion, it's it's two players. Uh, I'll give you one that I think that will be on the roster. And one that just won't make the roster. Uh, my, the first one, in my opinion, is Isaiah Hodgins. I think he makes the roster. Yeah, but at, at points in times, how do you keep him on the sidelines with the way he's performing in training camp? You know, yeah. he's doing phenomenal. You know, he is just out there making play after play. There was a drive last game against the Broncos. I called it the Isaiah Hodgins drive. Yeah, three straight catches. You know, uh-huh. for like twenty-eight yards. That was very. Very phenomenal and impressive from what I, you know, saw out of Isaiah Hodgins because, you know, you're watching, I've seen him at camp, you know, I watched the game because I didn't get to go to the Colts game, you know, saw him on mm-hmm. TV, you know, doing his thing, but, you know, I wanted to see it in game because I've never actually watched yeah. Isaiah Hodgins in game for the Buffalo Bills, but I did. And I got the chance to see that. And it just impressed me even more just the way he has evolved his game and taken his game to another level. And the, the one player, that I think the Bills are going to have a frustrating time with themselves to, you know, have to get rid of or potentially just keep on the practice squad is Raheem Blackshear. Mm-hmm. As Rico calls him, Radio Raheem. Radio Raheem, because, baby. Yeah, right? Because Raheem Blackshear, again, I mentioned this before. He's an undrafted free agent out of Virginia Tech. You know, he's already yeah. got that chip on his shoulder. You know, teams did not want him. You know, 32 GMs did not want him for seven straight rounds. Mm. So at that point in time, he's like, man, you know, I got to prove to these guys that, yeah. you know, I belong 
not only on an NFL field, but on a full-time NFL team on a 53-man roster. And he's been doing his thing. He's a legit NFL running back. Yep. But do the Bills have the roster space to keep a guy like Raheem Blackshear? Because you look at it, I don't think he's getting over a guy like Taiwan Jones, and he's definitely not getting over the three guys in front of him. Well, technically four, but I think realistically three. Yeah, uh-huh. Zach Moss, James Cook, and Devin Singletary. So you know that's the yeah. thing. I mean, how, how do you how do you keep? It's him gonna be tough, man. And then it's gonna be tough roster. to stash him on the. It's gonna be tough to stash him on the on the practice squad because I mean he may he may find himself, you know, another job. You know what I'm saying? But I love I love what Blackshear. He's been running with a purpose, man. This this during preseason. Um, I don't know, man. I hope we can find a way to keep him. Uh, my man, yo, M comes in with the super chat. Says, yo, fifth round for Cody might as well be second round with Bean. Look, Brandon Bean. He, can we just say like he's just the greatest GM in the National Football League? He has to be the best, one, one of the best. Right? He, he, he can flip it. Definitely top five, top top seven. Get, gotta be right. You gotta be. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he's gonna do with that extra fifth round pick. He's probably recouping that fifth round pick that he didn't get last year. You know what I'm saying? He missed it. But uh, yo, um, <laughs> this is good. Let me let me throw this. Let me just throw this up here. Because it could be just kind of stirring the pot here a little bit here. Yeah, but could Cody Ford be the next Wyatt Taylor? Could he be the next Wyatt Taylor? Pierre, I, I know what you I know where you're going with this, baby. But yo, let me let me say this because it's been brought up. It's been, oh, yo, as I shift my camera here, I kick it. <laughs> yo, so, so so uh there we go. I don't think so, man. Now, could he be good in Arizona? Yeah, he could be. I mean, he's getting an opportunity to play to start, right? Like you said. But here's a difference that, that for me that I don't think a lot of people realize. The thing about Wyatt Teller was that Brandon Bean gave him zero time. Zero time. He was in and out of there the first year. He didn't even get a first year under his belt. Gone, right? Year one. Cody Ford, because I know, I know people were saying, that, I mean, they're thinking about Brandon Bean when, when he was talking about, you know, right, kind of right in his wrongs, right? Because he, he had mentioned beforehand about, you know, how he kind of wishes he can go back in time and, you know, wish he would have given, you know, Teller some more time. But then we look at Cody Ford. Cody Ford has had three years. Going, this is his fourth year. So he's had his fourth training camp. You can't, you can't really compare them to, you know what I'm saying, in terms of, of time. You know what I'm saying? Um, he's given Cody Ford ample amount of time to prove himself, whether or not he's, he's, he's ready. Now, now say what you want. Maybe, maybe I mean, maybe, maybe Sean McDermott was kind of tinkling a little bit too much with the offensive line when he was shifting around. You know, he had Cody Ford at right, at, at a right tackle. Then he then he put him at right guard. Then Cody Ford got injured, and so it's just a lot of unfortunate circumstances took place. Could have been the the, the coaching from Bobby Johnson. I don't know, but all we know is that it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. But I I don't I don't think I would compare that to Wyatt Teller because Cody Ford had Wyatt Teller wasn't afforded four off seasons with the Bills to prove himself like like Cody Ford was. Yeah, um, I mean I get it. I get it, Pierre. That'd be uh that'd be hilarious if uh Cody Ford turned out to be the next Wyatt Tyler. But I think you kind of you know, you know, hit it there, hit it there correct, uh Rev. I mean, you just kind of you know hit every point correct. I mean, I, he's just not gonna be the next Wyatt Tyler. I mean, you mentioned, you know, he's this is going into his fourth year. Wyatt Tyler never had the opportunity that Cody Ford did. Uh, Wyatt Tyler didn't get the play, you know, behind Josh he Allen, did. feel no, more comfortable did. or in front of Josh Allen. Cody Ford has, you know, played in front of Josh Allen for the last few seasons. And also, another thing, Wyatt Teller already played, or was playing next to, you know, some of the best offensive linemen in the league in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He really is. Sadly, you know, Cody Cody Ford is not doing that in Arizona. There's a couple good guys on that line, but nothing crazy to 
to elevate his game. Yeah, definitely. Man, so look, as we are a hun- a, 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 over an hour and a half in here into the show, we're about to, we're about to wrap it up. But Evan, I've got, I've got to ask you a couple of questions, and I'm going to ask these questions to the chat too because, you know, as, as, I, as I had mentioned at the top of the show, we need to, need to look at some of this stuff, right? Take, take, just take all of this into account, right? Just, just, just savor these, these moments, right? Because you don't want to forget them. Because I'm telling you, this is going to be an incredible season as we approach this regular season. I'm telling you what I, what I feel in my, in my bones, man. This is going to be a great season. But as we look past the offseason, as we kind of, you know, take a look at it and rewind, I want to know, Evan, from you, man, um, these two things. Who is your offseason LVP? And LVP is your least valuable player. Ooh, that's that's uh that's kind of like right out the gate. I don't know, oh, man. Yeah, because 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 just thinking about the offseason when you, when you go through and, and, and close preseason and I mean training camp and preseason, maybe it's some guy that you had high expectations of that just didn't quite meet those expectations or somebody that you thought should have been like, yo, this is the year when you should perform. And he just kind of been a dud. You know what I'm saying? Like, who is your least valuable player so far in the offseason? And that question is to everybody who's watching live and everybody in the chat, too. Man, so I probably would say Cody Ford, but I mean, he, he got us a fifth round pick. So, like, how can I really complain? Yeah. Uh, man, that's, you know what? It's tough, man. This is this is hard. Um, man, because like, we, I just want to say, like, when you look at, tra- you know, training camp and preseason, like, realistically, like, is there really one bad player on this roster? Oh, wait, you know what? I got one. It just caught my mind. All right. And, so- Pierre's coming in here with Bobby Hart. Pierre, <laughs> get that idea. Your comment's only lasting for three seconds. Um, but my player, man, you know, you know my you, player. You know, you know, you know, my man Evans got a man crush on Bobby Hart, man. He's got Pierre, you can't come through like that, man. Man crush, <laughs> hard man crush. <laughs> right. Um, so the one player I'm gonna, you know, stick with is Matt Hawk. Because mm. okay, not saying that it's not good to have, you know, a punter battle throughout camp. I think, you know, it, it elevates the game, you know, for, for either punter. But we kind of knew when the Bills drafted Matt Ariza that, you know, it was already kind of his battle one because, you you know, you invest that mid to late round pick on a guy like Matt Ariza. You're not just going to cut him. You know, he would yeah. really have to stink it up to, for you to cut him. But we kind of knew through the, through the like mid to late parts of training camp and, Kind of even in the first part of the first preseason game, okay, like like Matariza like has this job clearly won. He's levels ahead of Matt Hawk, but the Bills still wanted to hold on to Matt Hawk. And the one thing that got me, the Bills are at midfield, only one punt against the Denver Broncos, you know, the other day. Mm-hmm. And who do we send out? Yeah, talk about not it. Matt Hawk or not Matariza. We sent out Matt Hawk. And I'm like, come on, man. This is a perfect opportunity to give your rookie punter a chance to, you know, make a difference with a punt. You know, he's at midfield. You would like to see what he's, you know, what he's got, you know, in a live game setting and try, you know, have some nice hang time, get that ball inside the 15. You would like to see your punter do that. But note, you sent out the guy that you literally are going to cut a day or two later. So in my opinion, that is my <laughs> off-season LVP, the least valuable player. I get it. 
Matt Hawk. You're doing yeah, your justice. Man. We actually just got signed by the Colts, so you know, congrats to you, man. Yeah, quick, man. Like, like it didn't take him long. I mean, at well, all. Yeah, because their their punter went down for the season. Right. But um, and I also see like another comment here. I don't know if you were gonna yeah. pick him or not, but no, I wasn't gonna know, pick him. Yeah, yeah. Those might be Elijah about, Griffin. You want to talk about? It? Yeah, the thing with Elijah Griffin, like, I get it. Like, I like Elijah Griffin, but at the end of the day, he was a UDFA. Right. So it's not like we invested in draft right? pick in him. Yeah. You know, he did good enough to stick on the roster last year. So you got to give him props for that. I mean, like, we got to think about it. People are like, oh, this guy was just out of the league in a year. That's how a lot of UDFAs are. Right. Like, a lot of UDFAs are on a team for a year and out. So, so that, you know, that's what it kind of was. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, not not too down on him, but that's what it is. Yeah. And now Pierre comes in, you know, he, Pierre says, you know, he'd say Cam Lewis. He's got a couple of rookies that, that have just lapped him. Cam Lewis, man. Uh, what do you think, man? What do you think about Cam Lewis, man? I think he's kind of um, popped a little bit here and there. but Yeah, you know, you want to know why Cam Lewis has popped for me more recently than than just you – know, he's, he's popped more recently for me mm-hmm. because of what they're doing with him. Mm-hmm. You know, they're playing him in the slot. He was yeah. the backup to Taron Johnson as a slot. He's in safety too, right? We've seen – yeah. Uh-huh. He's played safety. We've also seen him play outside. And again, this is a guy who yep. played at the, the the University of Buffalo, played at UB. He already has that, you know, homegrown feel. You know, he's in Buffalo. He's been here for a few years. And when he's been called upon to play in games, you know, whether the, I'm pretty sure it was against the Texans and the Jets maybe, he's played very well. And I'm, I'm pretty sure against the, the Texans last year, he played in a starting role. Mm-hmm. And he – looked phenomenal he looked like a starting caliber player in the nfl and i think cam lewis is really like the 2021 version of isaiah mckenzie just on the defense oh like i like that like yeah like he really is that he's right there he's right yeah there. he really is because when you look at defense oh like this guy's versatile realistically there's only so many things you can do on the defense to become versatile mm-hmm. but cam lewis kind of broke out of that barrier and he's like versatility on defense that's my middle name i'm gonna i'm gonna become that player i'm gonna play outside corner i'm gonna play inside corner i'm gonna play safety i'm gonna play special teams i'm gonna do it all he's gonna do everything you want out of a guy and do it more so like yeah cam lewis has been my guy i think cam lewis has been awesome what do you think about uh, because a name just popped up to my head i'm like you know maybe this guy too and um before i get into that yo pierre comes comes in again about 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 matt hawkins i agree man i I think i think because you know you're talking about that play, right? Pierre talked about yeah. you know, they knew Hawk was was the new hack was gone, wanted to hook him up and helped him get signed. Hundred percent. I I think you know at that play because it did it made no sense. It's like you want to see Matt Ariza who's never had that 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 type of kick, right? You you've seen him boot eighty something yards down the field, right? You want to see him have that 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 shorter kick where he has to you know have that directional thing going on, right? But they just they trotted out Matt Hack. Didn't make any sense, but now now you see why that he did it because he wanted to showcase because that's his that's his thing. They wanted to showcase them and try to hope, hope hopefully they're able to kind of get something for him because they already knew Arise, you draft him, you don't draft a kicker, you don't draft a punter, and you're not gonna start him. You're not gonna you're not, I mean, you know, especially yeah. a guy like like Arise. So we already knew that was coming. The writing was on the wall. Um, but the name that kind of just came up in my head with was as you were talking about Cam Lewis, it's Saran Neal, man. Like, like, um, what have you seen from Saran? Have you seen anything? I, I, I haven't really heard much from him. I mean, we get we gave him the extension at the at the, at the 
beginning of, of, of offseason, of, of, of free agency. But I haven't really heard much about him during this whole offseason. Yeah, you know, the thing with Saran, Neil, obviously we gave him that extension. I'm pretty sure it was about a three-year, like $3.5 million per year extension, around mm-hmm. 9 to $10 million, You know, we're paying him. Yeah. You know, he deserves it. You know, he does a lot for this defense. He's like a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Yeah, special teams ace. Uh, He can play, you know, inside, outside, and and a safety. He's kind of like Cam Lewis, but he's already established in that position. He's big and physical. He's fast. Bobby crazy, man, dude. Bobby Town started fire. I completely – I was the off-season LVP, you know, Tremaine. I was like, geez. (laughs) Um, You know, but the thing in general with Saraniel, he can do a lot of things. You know, he mm-hmm. can, you know, blitz from the slot. Blitz is a safety. He can play outside, play inside. He just knows the playbook. He's been here for a plethora of years. He's, you know, had a lot of conversations with Hyde and Poyer. You know, he's had a lot of conversations with Tredavious White, Levi Wallace over the years. You know, other, some other players we've had here. Yeah. So, you know, he's just been here. He just right. knows it all. And I'm not saying he is a fit, phenomenal player. Like, I'm not saying... You can throw him in there right now as your CB2 and just turn around and feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But as a depth player and as a special teams ace, I think he does it all. Yeah, I think he has. I mean, he has his role, right? He has his role. He has his um, role and he and he does it well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so my guy, if I, if, I, if I was picking an LVP, and I mean, he kind of like, I don't know, he may have had a little flash, but I just, I just expect so much more from him, especially when you consider um, where he was drafted. Okay, when you think about where he was drafted, that, that's that's kind of what gets me. And that is our previous second round pick. You guys know him well. Put up here for you. AJ Vanessa. Like, I don't know. I, I just don't I just don't get it, man. Because to me, when I look at AJ, I'm like, man, second round pick out of Iowa. We understand that he he had to lose weight and he cut too much weight. Then he you know his weight fluctuated, finally got back to where he should be. You know, kind of pop flash a little bit last year. You know what I'm saying? Had one good play against Miami, you know, second tour. But, I mean, and they're coming into this year, um, you just expect him to grow and develop. Now, could he just be buried because you added Vaughn Miller? Yeah, that's possible, right? And then you've got Groot. But, um, you know, as a depth guy, yeah, he's, I mean, he's still made, he's, I mean, he's going to make the team, in my opinion, no doubt. But I just, I just expect a whole lot more out of AJ Epinesa, man. Maybe it's just maybe it has to do with the fact that, that they drafted him around two. But when you look at at the bendy kind of speed edge rushers that's on this team, I don't really see one behind Von Miller. And it's almost like AJ Epinesa is, is is like it's his job, right? By default, but a guy that's kind of to me that's that's out that's that's really lapped him is Boogie Basham. You know what I'm saying? Boogie Basham has kind of, in my opinion, just lapped AJ Epinesa. And AJ Epinesa is just kind of this, this quiet man. I, I'm not too sure what to, what I what I think about him, man. I, I guess I have to see more out of him in the regular season, um, if he happens. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just, I don't know, man. I just, I just want more out of him because I think he has a potential. It's just not being realized right now. Yeah, you know when you look at this D line, we rotate heavily. The highest percentage snap player on this D line last year was Jerry Hughes at about fifty-seven percent. Mm-hmm. And again, Von Miller is gonna, I think, break that snap percentage. He's probably gonna play in the the low to mid sixties. I think uh, Rousseau will probably get around fifty-seven, fifty-eight. But then you have to take a look at guys like AJ Apinesa, 
Boogie Basham. You know, those, in my opinion, aren't quite, I don't like to call them depth guys because they play so many meaningful so snaps. Many, yeah, right. Like, like depth guys, I would yeah. consider Jaquan Johnson, DeMar yeah. Hamlin, Terrell they're not Bernard. Gonna, they're not going to get on the field. Yeah, because, you know, you know, they're going to play special teams. They're not going to get those actual in-game full-time reps. Yeah. You know, these guys play so much of a prominent role in the defense that they basically are starters. You know, you just rotate these guys in and out. You're like, okay, one second, you blank. Oh, there's another D-lineman on the field. They basically are starters. And with AJ Epinesa and Boogie Basham, I think they're both going to take a nice leap this year. I think Boogie Basham does look a lot better than AJ Epinesa right now. We both agree on that. I think AJ Epinesa has found himself nicely. He's looked good in training camp. He's had his fair share of moments in preseason. Um, not enough, you know, to turn everyone's heads because, you mm -hmm. know, there's there's players on this roster that have kind of a divide. You know, it's 50-50 of the fan base. There's a lot mm -hmm. of people who are like, AJ still got it year three. Give him time. You know, he's a second-round pick. He's going to come into his own. He's learning from Von Miller. But then there's also people, I don't know, man, AJ was the first, you know, draft pick that we drafted in 2020. He just hasn't looked great. He's got like two and a half sacks in his career. Yeah. He just hasn't looked like, you know, basically that first round talent really you know, that many people had him out to be. But year three is a big growth year for, for a lot of players. And this is, this is my one thing. We've seen a lot of NFL talent across the league over the past three or four years pop in year one and year two. I think it's almost become custom to just believe that from every player. And we've mm -hmm. always just been forgetting about what development is you know for when you look at receivers no receiver is allowed to hit that year three development mark anymore it used to be yeah year one make flash plays year two coming into their own year three they take that shell off and they grow into you know their own player mm. but now it's like oh it's got to be year one year two if not you're gone you know yeah I mean, people were like that with josh allen a lot of people didn't want to give josh allen year three they sure didn't but i think I think a lot of people that are, you know, not on the AJ uh, Epinesa hype train need to come back around and just wait for a little bit throughout the season. Let's get him in-game reps, in-game snaps against live NFL offenses, and let's see what he can do. You know, yeah, I'll start with LA. <laughs> now that I'm gonna say that that was Brandon Bean's worst contract. Flat out, absolute worst, man, absolute worst. And I get it, right? I mean, I get it. They. McDermott needed to have that. He needed that that dude in the middle, right? He had it. He had to have him, and that was the only guy that was willing to come to Buffalo with him. I'm, uh, you know what? I remember. Him. I don't know why this popped in my head. I'm. It's probably somewhat off course, but it's only gonna take like two minutes. I remember you talking about like where we were for Von Miller, right? I don't mm -hmm. re exactly remember where I was for Von Miller, but I remember where I was. You know, for when we when we traded for Stefan Diggs. Now I was I was just up sitting in my room, and I look at my phone. Bills trade for Stefan Diggs. I run like a little kid on Christmas down the stairs. I'm like, dad, holy, we just got Stefan Diggs. He's yeah. like, huh? I'm like, Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Like that. Um, and I remember uh, in 2017 when we had that big free agency pool signing like yeah. Hoyer and Hyde, I remember seeing Micah Hyde and that's when I really started like getting into like, not like covering football, but just learning more about it and getting into the full aspect of name game. Right. Right. I'm like Micah Hyde, I'm like, that's a name. That's a name. Mm -hmm. I'm like, like that, that seeing the Bills sign Micah Hyde was when I really remember, I'm like, this is the turning point for the season. And right. this is kind of like a recap. This entire show was, you know, learning and remembering, you know, the hard times and the good times. And, you know, mm -hmm. those were two good times for me. Right. Right. 
signing Micah Hyde, even though the contract didn't work out, signing star Latua Lamley. Well, we signed a, a, a solid player to a big contract. They just gave me hope. And then it did. bringing and, and, Stefan Diggs, that gave me. Oh, that gave me a whole lot of hope, man. Not even hope. It gave me Super Bowl aspirations. I was up all night. Oh, just dang, like, you was up there, huh? Man. <laughs> and I was like, I was, you know, I was in my own little element. Oh, man. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's good just to reminisce, man. And just press rewind and go back and just, just think about it and just really enjoy it because there's been some great moments. I mean, I really, I'm really so thankful, man, that we got Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott because they have been phenomenal. Have we, have we always agreed with their moves and their decisions? No, of course not. But they, but for the most part, look at what they've, look at where they've brought this Buffalo Bills team and, and organization from and to where we are now. It's been a long journey and they brought us from a long ways away. Um, so kudos to, them, to, to those two, those two guys. But now as, as we, well, I keep on kicking my daggum camera, man. I gotta, I gotta stop this. So anyway, it's like a like a drum thing, you know. You're kicking it. <laughs> so anyway, man, I'm gonna fix it here here shortly. There we go. There we go. All right. So now we talked about the least valuable player that that that, that we've seen throughout the offseason. Now um, I want to talk about who do we think has been the offseason MVP? The offseason MVP as we uh, close out the show. Oh. Man, I mean, Rev, I'm just going to say, first of all, you got to stop throwing these questions at me, man. I, I'm thinking, like, <laughs> it's like, what can I say? I mean, you're, you're throwing yeah, these it's, at me. It's, it's, yeah, man, um, you got to think about it. It, it kind of, you know, and, and, and this question is going out to the chat, too. So I want to I want to hear you guys' thoughts. Um, who do you um, think I, has been the offseason MVP? Who has been the most valuable player so far this offseason? And, and it could be off the field, you know, as well, you know what I'm saying, or just their impact on other guys, maybe. So, yeah, so like I don't want to go safe with this op with you know this pick. Mm -hmm. I can say guys like Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Von. You better not take you know. I'm not. I'm not taking your guy. I hope not. All right, go ahead. But the one guy, remember, most valuable doesn't mean best. Yeah, that's right. It's what know. you can do. My uh -huh. most valuable player, you know, in the you know in training camp preseason thus far, rookie. Okay, you're good. Rookie. <laughs> you're good. Yeah. You're All right, good. rookie Khalil Shakir. All right, there you go. Because yeah. not only was this guy a fifth-round pick, he's not on a big contract. He's here for the next four years. He's expanded your wide receiver core yeah. to the max, I believe. Because you were looking at this wide receiver core before we drafted a guy like Kolo Shakir, and you're just looking at it. Okay, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, you know, Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder, et cetera. It's nice, mm -hmm. but I feel like there could be a few more pieces added to that puzzle to make it, you know, you know, just that good. You know, you draft a guy like Khalil Shakir. Again, fifth-round pick. We don't have the high aspirations we do for this guy yet. But when you, when you watch, you know, Khalil Shakir in training camp, in preseason, you start to see, you know, this book just unfold on how good this guy can be. His route running is so crisp. His game sense of where to be in man and zone coverage, of just where to be for the quarterback, his ability – to sense the defensive back on his back shoulder to just quickly turn up field and, you know, have, you know, yak that is outstanding. Yeah. And this is why I say he's the MVP. It's what you can do with this receiving core. Now you can line Absolutely. up, you can take Gabe Davis off the field. You can take Stefan Diggs off the field. You can throw Khalil Shakir outside and he can play because coming into this, coming into the, coming into training camp, mm -hmm. I was still skeptical about, you know, our outside receiver. 
number three. I really didn't yeah. think about it. I was like, who is it? But Khalil Shakir has made me forget about the outside receiver three because not only can this guy play inside, he can play out, and he can play out just as good as any other receiver three in the league. So I think he's going to be a bona fide stud, not only in his rookie year, but going forward for the Buffalo Bills. Man, I love me some Khalil Shakir, man. Who does Great pick, man. That guy is going to be incredibly difficult for the coaching staff to keep him off the field. I don't know how they're going to do it. They have to figure out a way to get him on the field, even if they they use him in that, you know, in that that uh that old Isaiah McKenzie role, giving him some of those plays, man. You know what I'm saying? Because the guy with the ball in his hands, he's incredible, but he 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 catches everything. So I absolutely love Khalil Shakir, and he's man. Oh my gosh. His flexibility, his his inside outside flex. I mean, you line him up inside in the slot, line him up outside. He's great. He, that was an incredible pick. And then we, I mean, we know how good he was because we heard that after he was drafted, a lot of a lot of a lot of reports came out that GMs were pissed that Brandon Bean drafted him, even though he was just drafted. He was drafted later. Shouldn't have let him fall. Shouldn't have let him fall, man. You can't you can't let him fall. You know you know Brandon Bean is the goat. You can't let any talent get anywhere near Brandon Bean. Um. Oh man, dude, he's gonna be phenomenal, dude. Uh, what do you think he's gonna do this year, man? Do you, do you have a, do you have any projections as far as like Ooh. like stat projections? What do you think, man? Are are you thinking he's gonna be? Do you think he can see some 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 significant time on the field this year, or or you well, think he's gonna get he like that Gabe Davis early role? Well, even if he does get that Gabe Davis early role, I mean, look at what Gabe Davis produced. You know, he produced what about thirteen touchdowns in his yes, first two did. years combined. Yes, he he had. You know, 600 and 500 yard seasons, respectively, respectfully. So, I mean, it's not like Gabe Davis was, you know, just a nobody his rookie year, still produced. I think Khalil Shakir should have about 450 to 650, 100 yards receiving. I mm. think that would be comfortable because I think Isaiah McKenzie will take that full time slot role. And I know this is your, I don't know if it's your on my mama take or just a take in general, but Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis will both clear a thousand. And then yes, you have to also my, factor yeah, in. That's my on my mama yeah. take. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then you also have to factor in Dawson Knox, James Cook, Singletary, et cetera, yeah. Crowder. But I think Khalil Shakir, you know, we've seen it in preseason. He just gets behind the defense and he's got that game sense of just, yeah. hey, I'm going to slip behind this defender does, and sit and just sit. But he knows when he sits. I want to score a touchdown. I want to get upfield. And that's right. kind of a little different. People are like, oh, he's got that Cole Beasley-esque. Well, the thing with Cole Beasley, he knew where the sticks were. He just kind of knew. I got the ball. I'm, I'm going to get to the sticks. But he didn't have that touchdown mentality. Yeah. He didn't have that next yeah. level mentality. But I think that's, you know, guys like Isaiah McKenzie, Crowder, Khalil Shakir, Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs, like all these guys have, I'm going to the towards the end zone mentality, which yeah. I think we need. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. All right, so so when I think of a for my offseason MVP, and I don't know if, if many of us have been thinking about this guy, it's not one of the rookies. I'll tell you that. Um, it's not an offense. It's a guy that I think will not only have an impact himself, but his his impact will be spread and felt across. The, the 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 rest of the you know the side of the ball that he plays on and it'll affect people specifically somebody behind him and uh that is that is my man Daquan Jones I think Daquan Jones has the ability 
terrific. And we saw him in spot duty too. But this guy is he is the one tech that we thought we had in Starlet to Delay. Right. Now, granted, we've also we also have Tim Settle, right? Who plays three tech and one tech back and forth. But but Daquan Jones, he is your 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 he is your classic space eater. Now, why would a space eater be so valuable to this team? Well, when you look at the defense, when you look at some of the, the weaknesses across the defensive line last year, it was it was in the run game. We didn't have that guy. Star was he was he was a flop, right? Now Harrison Harrison Phillips, you know, bless his heart, I mean, he did the best he could, right? And he was kind of even towards the tail end of the year, he was playing better, earned himself a contract with the Vikings, you know, and I wish him the best. But we'd never had that true big behemoth of a one tech like we could possibly, like I think we have we have in Daquan Jones. Uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at an article by Bills uh, Wire USA Today, and they and they're talking about. Um, his 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 grade from PFF. He had a, a solid grade of sixty six point four overall from PFF. Right. Um, he played um in the middle of Carolina's defense last year, um, and his role is going to be, of course, we had mentioned uh, filling that role that Starlo Tulele vacated. But what I think he's going to help out in is in the run game, but not just the run game, but also freeing up the linebackers behind him, namely Tremaine Edmonds. We have talked about Tremaine Edmonds ad nauseum about how good he is or how not so good he is and, and, and you know, how he needs to show up. This is a contract year and how well it's not his fault because he was playing behind Starla Tulele and the guy needs to be free so that way he can, he can, you know, he can, he doesn't have to worry about offensive linemen in his chest, even though he's 6'5", 250 plus, but nevertheless, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You want the guy, you want the guy to be free as free as he can be, right? He never had that. So Daquan Jones, I think he's not going to see him on the stat sheet. He's not going to get a lot of sacks. Probably maybe one, maybe two, maybe get lucky. I think he may have some TFLs, but he's going to clog up the middle of that defensive line and make room for guys behind him like Tremaine Edmonds to get that bag and Matt Milano as well to eat with being free. Because that impact right there is greater than himself, and it will help to cross the, the entire defensive line when you look at Ed Oliver, because Ed Oliver needs to be one on one. He, I mean, he's, I mean, he gets doubled last year. He was even getting tripled. I mean, the guy was playing out of out of position. He's a sub three hundred pound guy. You don't want that guy taking on double teams and blocks. You want a big space eater like you got in Daquan Jones, so that way Ed Oliver can eat, do his thing one on one, fastest guy off a snap. You know what I'm saying? A couple with Von Miller and Groot and. And everybody else. So I think that Daquan Jones has an opportunity to be an incredible asset across the defensive line. That is my most valuable player for the offseason. I guess it could be for the regular season too, man. But I don't know, man. I just, I just, I, just, I like Daquan Jones, and I even like Tim Settle too. But I love, All I love, great. I love what he brings. All great players. All great players, man. All great. This defensive line, man. How, how, how excited are you about this defensive line, dude? Like, this uh, line it's is. something that. It's something that I'm I'm excited for. Um, I remember years ago. I mean, gosh, I was 10, 9, 10, 11 years old. Yes, it was. You know, when we had guys like Mario Williams, you know, Kyle Williams, you know, Marcel Darius, Jerry Hughes, prime Jerry Hughes. So now we have, not saying that D-line is going to be that D-line, but, you know, this D-line can be something like that. You know, Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver, Tim Settle, you know, Boogie Basham, Shaq Lawson, except like we have players on this yeah. defensive line. We just didn't have in years past. 
So, and you know, I'm excited for it because you know, I think I think we're the more top heavy than we've ever been, especially in the interior. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. This defensive line has got me excited because of the, because um and, and you know now now you t- you teach me how not to say depth because of the rotation, but just because of the guys that the waves of of, of defense that we can bring at these guys, man. I mean, it's it's inc- like I think our second unit could actually start anywhere in the National Football League. I mean, for for the most part. I mean, th- these guys are very good. And so we have yeah, these, I think we a have, couple of them can, yeah. Yeah, a couple of them absolutely can. You know, my man Rel- Relic says, yo, you're a little, little dirty. The little dirty man was up there, but you know what I'm saying? That, that, to me, he was kind of an obvious pick. You know what I'm saying? Like he's been we've here, we've been hearing about him all the training camp. He's been doing really well. Um, and I I, I really like Little Dirty. I think he's gonna do well. Marcel Darius, biggest thief in the NFL history. Yeah, yeah, man. That boy, he he stole some money. And no I was doubt, so he happy when money. we caught him. I was so happy when we caught him. Absolutely, man. The dude just disappeared. As soon as he got the bag, he was gone. That was it. Yeah, that was it. But man, you know what else is it? This show. This show, my man, Luke comes in and yo, Evan putting in the rounds this week. Evan, yo, if you haven't followed my man Evan on, on Twitter, you need to go ahead and follow that man right now. Evan, Evan, what's your Twitter handle, man? Tell, tell everybody. Uh it's Evan H716, E-V-A-N-H716. Follow this guy, man. This guy's incredible. We love Evan. Every I mean, everything he brings to the table is just fantastic, man. He's got a we like we like to mess with him. You know what I'm saying? Because he's a new guy on the block, you know what I'm saying? He's a young guy. He's old enough to be my son. Realistically, yes. Realistically, yeah, yeah. Realistically, absolutely, he is. Yeah, but Evan, man, he bring, he brings he brings his heat, man. He brings the juice. He filled in, you know, helps out a lot. You know, he's been he's been you know making the rounds on all the shows, um, but then he brings in some incredible content. Writing for Fansided, who you guys need to check out. Look at at, at Fansided. Look, follow follow BF on Fansided. Might as well, might as well uh, plug it real quick. Why why not? Like so, yeah, yesterday I was it. on the Rico report, and Rico and I discussed, you know, our fifty three man roster projections. Yeah. And I mean, we basically agreed. Um, I'll actually, you know, I'll pull up the article. I'll throw it in the chat uh, real quick. Yeah. Um, you know, you keep going on that. Yeah. So the 53, I mean, it, it, we're getting there. I mean, we are, we are getting there. And um, I just can't wait, man. This is, is going to be some tough decisions that are going to be made. And I think, I think that if I'm not mistaken, I think the 53 has to be nailed down by, um, is it next week? I think it's next week. I think it's the 30th, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, there's going to be some tough, tough decisions made by Sean McDermott and the entire coaching staff. And in addition to Brandon Bean, um, there's going to be some guys. Just, just get ready. There's going to be some players that you liked that are not going to make the squad. It's just not going to happen. That's what happens when you have such a deep, talented team like the Buffalo Bills. You're going to see some. You're going to see some of your favorites. May, 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 they may not make the squad. I don't know who do you think is 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 fighting for that last roster spot um when i think about it i'm thinking of like let's just let's just go through the wide receiver room i think right now it's going to boil down to isaiah hodgins jay kumaro who's gonna who's gonna make it do you do you do you do you go decide to go with jay kumaro who's a vet 30 years old though mind you but he is a special team's ace or do you go with a young guy isaiah hodgins who's finally knock on wood managed to stay healthy and is showing um some of that potential that that made him the pick that he was um, alongside Gabe Davis uh, by Brandon Bean, and now he's flashing on offense and even making some 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 uh, appearances on special teams. Do you go with a younger guy and develop him on special teams, knowing that he provides you something more on offense than Jake Kumro does? What about the running back position? What do you think about that? We got Moss. I mean, we got we got Motor. We got James Cook. Does Zach Moss make the roster? 
Does Duke Johnson is he on the bubble? Does, does, I does, think he is in the bubble. He, I do too. I think Duke Johnson is 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 man. He's on the bubble, man. When you look at it, because his his skill set is very similar to James Cook, they, who they just drafted in the round two. So why would they keep two guys? And then Blackshear has been showing out. He's been showing that yeah, I could do the same thing that Duke Johnson can do. You know what I'm saying? I can provide that, and I can return kicks. So is Duke Johnson on the outside looking in? And that is something that we need to look at as well. Um, defensive line is looking good. What about the cornerback? Who's going to win that cornerback? There's so much across this team that I'm just glad, Evan, that that I'm not the head coach, man, that I don't have to make these decisions because we're talking about cutting, you know, over 20 people, man. And, and it's hard to find, like, who are you going to snatch off this roster, man? Like, because because the team is so heavily loaded. One of probably, in my opinion, probably one of the most stacked teams from top to bottom. Not just your starters, but when you go through the entire depth in the National Football League, man. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. Like this roster from top to bottom is just loaded. I mean, just a position just to kind of cover really quick about yeah. how loaded we are top to bottom is the safety position. I mean, you look up top, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, two right. all pros. These guys don't even, you know, come off the field. So you don't even really know what's below them unless you're a Buffalo Bills fan. And below them, is two to three other great players in mm-hmm. Jaquan Johnson, Damar Hamlin, and Josh Thomas. I mean, people don't know this. Jaquan Johnson's already in year four. Like yes. that, isn't that crazy to think yeah, about? That's crazy, man. Jaquan Johnson's only one year less on this roster than a guy like Josh Allen. Jaquan Johnson has been on this roster for four years now and still has not started because, you know, you got guys like Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer in front of him. And Jaquan Johnson, I'm telling you right now, Pro Bowl talent, yes. Pro Bowl talent. He can start on half of the teams in the in the National Football League. In I'll, my say, opinion, I'll, I'll, say, really I'll say this. I'll say this too, man. In agreement with you, uh, Jaquan Johnson, he's going to be the starter next year. I don't think. Wouldn't be surprised. I don't think, I think with what he, with, with, yeah, with what he's shown. I don't think. I don't think Brandon Bean extends extends Jordan Boyd, man. I think he rides it out for the season, man. And then knowing that Jaquan Johnson can fill that void. Because he has performed admirably, man. He, I mean, he's and, and and that goes along with his moniker, man. The draft, develop, retain. You draft, develop, retain. This guy's been on the roster for four years, and he's and he's and he's developed into who you want him to be. Why are you all of a sudden just going to let him go? It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Brew Crew Fishing comes in with a super chat as we are about to close out the show. Brew, appreciate that, man. He says, "Yo, is this team better than the Super Bowl run Bills of the '90s?" If not, where is the difference? Cheers. Well, well, Brew. First of all, this is a completely different team. Um, I would say that it's it's kind of it's kind of difficult comparing, man, because it's like comparing, like you know, um, who's the greatest basketball player of all time? You know what I'm saying? You, and comparing eras, it, it's just it's tough. The Bills of the Michael 90s. Jordan, excuse me. Yeah, I'm with you. But it, it's just tough, man. When you when you look at at the 90s Bills, they were great for for that era. They were amazing. They were amazing. And at that team, mind you, they made it to four straight Super Bowls, which has never happened. And I find it very – I don't think it's ever going to happen again. And so until this team right here makes it to one, it's going to be hard for me to say that they're better than the 90s team because just, just – just, I mean, just, just looking at what that 90s team was able to accomplish, even though they lost all four, it's still tough 
to make it to one, let alone two, three, and four. You know what I'm saying? Um, and 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 you know what I'm saying. So and then and that team is just littered with with Hall of Famers. Yeah, it's just Hall of Famers all all across the board. So that's the main that's the that's the major difference. Um, but I do believe that this team right now, this Buffalo Bills team, is very, very dangerous and can be dangerous, um, even more dangerous. But it's 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 just going to be you know it's just a matter of of performing, man. That's all that's all it boils down to. But, yeah, uh, I mean. I'll- I was no, just no, going to potentially answer this question really quick. I wasn't yeah. alive during the 92 rule run, so I'm not going to give you a straight up answer, but you know, what's difference different between, you know, this team and the nineties team. Um, one thing is the running back position. We had Thurman Thomas, oh my God. undoubtedly a top five running back of his era. Yes. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Basically the first dual threat back in the NFL. You know, one, one of them, basically the main one to make it a mainstay position. Uh, you know, the do threat back yeah. front seven, you know, you had Bruce Smith, Cornelius Bennett, et cetera. You know, those guys were different. Bruce Smith, most sacks in NFL history with 200 Cornelius Bennett, great player in his own individual, right? Um, I'd say this team has a much better secondary. Yeah, uh, I agree. And uh, I, receivers, I think top to bottom, we might be better. I think at their, at their peak, I would want to say maybe Steph Diggs is just a little, like if you're comparing like, where Andre Reed was and where Stefan Diggs was, I think Stefan Diggs is a little better than Andre Reed in that point that he's a, you know, higher ranked receiver than Andre Reed just by a little mm-hmm. bit. Okay. Um, overall tight end, I think tight end Dawson Knox, he's a game changer. Dawson Knox yeah. might go down as the Buffalo Bills greatest tight end NFL hit. Like I believe in, it. Team history. Um, and then quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if some people are going to hate me for this, but just when I, what I've seen and I get it, I, I, I just, just go ahead and Josh say Josh Allen say blows it, out man. Jim Kelly. I, I love Jim, but I think Josh blows Jim Kelly out of the water, and I oh, wasn't man. alive for Jim Kelly. Oh, blows it out of the water, man. Dang. Oh, I don't know, man. Yeah, man. I just love me some Josh to the full point. I love Jim. I get it, man. It's tough, man. Jim, Jim and was, was that dude. Monster, dude. Jim was He a, was. Jim you know what? He he was tough as nails. Same tough, with Josh. Dude, tough. They're, they're cut from the same. Yeah, class, res- when I'm thinking receiver. Uh, yeah, no, receiver top to bottom. I don't know, man. Top, yeah. I mean, if you if you're looking at receiver top to bottom, then yes, maybe. But I mean, Reed was like Marco said, man. Reed was that dude, man. Reed, I loved Reed, man. Here we go, legit talking yo. Uh, Reed, BB, yo, Lofton, man. BB was was sneaky good, dude. Too man, that, that team was loaded. <laughs> that team was loaded, man. Those '90s Bills were nothing to play with, man. They were nothing to play with. It's just for for whatever reason, man. And it was hard because. In the Super Bowl, especially when you know when we when we played the Cowboys back to back, man, that, that NFC man, the top was so freaking dangerous. Cowboys were ridiculous, man. So like it it was it was tough, man. It it, it was tough, but but these those nineties Bills, man. I would like to see those nineties Bills like like see like a Madden game, like those nineties Bills oh. versus versus this year's Bills. They need to do that. I would be like very very interested into seeing like who would win because, man. That would be phenomenal, and the old line was great too back then too. Why, why can't the NFL do that like 2K or even NHL? Like, like 2K has all time teams. Right? Yes, they got you know the '80s Lakers, the '90s Bulls, uh, the early 2000s Celtics. Like they got everybody, but we yeah. can't even get a '90s. I don't get it, man. 
You they, can't they should... get a, a 2000s Patriots or a 2000s Ravens. Like, give us something, man. We should be able to go back, man. It'd make it fun. You know what I'm saying? Make it make it more fun. They EA should... Sports, man. Don't expect yeah. much. Yeah, I get it, man. But, yo, we are two hours and 15 in the, in, in, in the books. Yo, we, we've got to go. We got to go. We could talk about this all day long, all day long, but we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Salute to everybody who's been who's been sticking with us, going through back a lot of the, a lot of those growing pains, a lot of those hurts, man. Ripping open the band aid again. I get it. I get it. But good thing though is that that wound is healed. It ain't bleeding. You know what I'm saying? It's something that you can take a look at and be like, you know what? Yeah, we went there. We've been there. Yeah, we got the scar to prove it, but we're gonna grow from it. And that's exactly what I believe this Buffalo Bills team in 2022 is about to do. We are on the cusp of something extraordinary, Bills Mafia. Buffalo Fanatics, listen to me. Listen to Rev here. I'm telling you right now, this season is going to be one for the record books. It's going to be one for the for the memory bank. You are not going to want to forget anything that took place in this year going all the way back to the tail end of last year through the offseason into the regular season and the postseason i'm telling you right now you're going to appreciate it the more when we're hosting up that vince lombardi trophy and how gratifying is it going to be when we can finally do that especially knowing that we're about to enter into a new era a new stadium in the buffalo bills in the next few years this is about to happen i feel it i ain't trying to jinx nothing but i'm just saying this is going to be an incredible year, guys. So just hold on and just uh, be patient. There's going to be some ups and some downs. There's going to be some challenges. But it wouldn't be well, – I mean, what kind of a year would it be with, without some ups and downs, without some, some, some adversity, right? we got to have to go through some adversity so that way we can be on the top of the mountain and see what it's like. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So tune into it and get ready for it, okay? Man, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. We got, we got a preseason game, 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 game three finally coming up. Friday night, check that out. I'm interested to see some of these younger guys who are battling for these final roster positions. Uh, man, uh, Blackshear, uh, Evan, is there anybody that you're looking forward to seeing here in this last this final preseason game before we wrap up the offseason? Um, you know, it's Isaiah Hodgins, in my opinion, because yeah, just because you know the Bills love Jake Gumro, and I, you know. I would like to see both these guys potentially make the roster or, yeah. you know, one behind practice squad, one, you know, on the active roster. But I, I just want to see Isaiah Ogins ball out one more time before, yes. you know, the final cutdown day. I love it, man. I love it. Isaiah Hodgins, absolutely love it. Um, I want to see who's going to nail down that, that final cornerback position. Is it going to be Kyrie Elam? Is it going to be Christian Benford? want to see that. Um, all of these rookies are just great. They're just, they're just, they're just great, man. I, I just can't wait for it. Uh, Raheem Blackshear, is he going to push Duke Johnson off the squad? What's going to happen? We're going to find out. And then we get to see Baker Mayfield because the starters are playing, right? I think they're going to play into the second quarter. Who, the Panthers? Just their starters? Yeah, yeah they mm -hmm. might. And so, man, imagine if our second team defense just, just shuts them out, just, just completely just beats the brakes off them. That would be great. Kyrie, Kyrie Elam pick six. I'm calling it right now. Oh, man, Kyrie Elam pick six. Okay, here we go. Uh, I like it, man. I, I'm down with it. I'm down with it. Uh, man, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game because I want I want to see our I want to see our our second team against Baker Mayfield and and the starters. Uh, it's, it's Christian McCaffrey. Is he healthy? Is he gonna be playing? Do you know? I doubt it. I, I he's healthy, but he's definitely not playing. Um, We're gonna see a lot of Chuba Hubbard. Why risk yeah. McCaffrey? There's yeah. there's no need to. I yeah. don't think he's playing. I I just 
There's no need to risk him. He gets injured in the regular season enough. Definitely don't want to see it in the preseason. That's right. That's right. So you guys, you guys stay tuned for that. Um, get ready, get ready for that game. It's gonna be a good game. But um, yo, know, that is the end of this show. We're over two hours long, but we still got a hundred people in here because you guys are excited about what's about to happen in the Buffalo Bills. Stay tuned. Stay, keep it locked right here on the Buffalo Fanatics Network. You're going to want to watch the Rico report coming on Friday night live. It's going to be awesome. You know, I wonder if he's going to be doing it because we got a game Friday night. I don't know. Nevertheless, follow BF. Follow us. Go to supportbf.com. You know what it is. Download the BF Network app so you can get all access to everything BF that we have from merch to, to content from our contributors, our writers, to vids, podcasts, all of that. And stay tuned to what's going on next, man. Um, Evan is going to be making the rounds. He's going to do the same. My man, Scott Harrington, your rev. What's the burger of the week for the game? I'm probably going to be doing my, my, uh, my, this is a burger best. That's it's kind of just like taking everybody by storm. It's a, it's a Parmesan crusted cheeseburger, man. If you've never tried that before, try Parmesan crusted steak or chicken. Imagine that on a burger with brioche bun. Chef's kiss. That's what I'm going to be doing, along with some wings and another Stella probably, or two or three. But that's us, man. Evan, any final words, baby, before we close out? Only two words. Go Bills, baby. Well, that was go three, but go Bills. Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. You guys have a blessed rest of the evening. We'll see you guys next time. As always, this is my man Evan and your boy Rev, your favorite reverend, signing off on Buffalo Fanatics Network. Smash that like on your way out. Subscribe to the channel. Let's get it, baby. Go Bills. We'll see you again next time. Let's get it. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.